Welcome, everybody. Welcome. It is episode 18 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. It is July 23rd. Wow. It's months going by way too fast. Well, it's not just the month, right? It's the summer. It's almost it's the whole year. Yeah, yeah. You're right. When we, uh, it wasn't our first episode, but it was like in the beginning, we, we one of our episodes was filmed during Snowmageddon. Yeah. Tape yep. during Snowmageddon. So to go from that to, We've had days where we've we've sweat in the kitchen. Days where we shouldn't have been in the kitchen. Well, you should have been, but me and Matt probably should have called in that episode. <laughs> Matt could have walked away. Yeah, but, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So yeah, you're right. It's been fun though. It's good. That's what it's all about, right? It is. All right. Once again, you can find us on social media. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. It's on Facebook and Instagram. And you can send us emails, which we had one sent to us by our friend Karen. The email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. That's H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And other than that, so we have a unique problem before us. When do you want to address the mailbag issue? Is this something that we want oh. to do in the beginning? Is this something we want to save at the end? I guess we can do it right now. Okay. So well, then let's roll. Start it off. Well, let me get to the email here. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. Since you brought it up, I will tell you that I did an Instagram post for you over the last week. I saw that. Which um, I've been terrible at Instagram. But we're really good at Facebook. So, we, you know, we kind of stay in our lane. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, though, you know, I, I do know that it's amazing how just by doing that a little bit, I saw a little bit change. So you guys got to get a social media intern. Start growing the brand. We have we talked know. about an I'm intern. Just, we need to put an ad out on Indeed and just just yeah. saying. Well, well, what we need is an intern. Period. Someone that could do production for us <laughs> and everything. And yeah, we've said this before. And then they could take what we were before and then say, "I made these two clubs." into superstars and then yeah um then when that six-year-old kid goes back to high school <laughs> um, uh, then we can fall apart like a white paper sack so i think that if anything we'll go if any needs arrival we'll get him and you can come there you go him. maybe we'll bribe him with a vehicle i like that i like the way this is well, i'm not giving him a vehicle i'd say to go pick him up oh okay i see <laughs> i'm always telling him sorry anyway we got an email yesterday from Karen, and she wrote to us, Hey guys, I just enjoyed listening to your most recent podcast. Great job as always. I'm wanting, she asked us the question, she wanted to know, I'm wondering if you could have any person, dead or alive, real or fictional, as a guest on the show, who would you have and why? Have a great night. Well, thank you, Karen, for the email. It's very appreciative. I actually sent Steve a text, so happy that we got an email. You did. I was busy day at work. I'm sorry yeah. I wasn't very responsive. As I was just going to start sending you random texts. Yeah, and you should have because I, I deserve that because I do that to you too. Sometimes we both get whatever our obligations, so to speak. That's, so That's all right. We're busy people sometimes. So I have an unfair advantage to this, and I'll give you a second to think about it while I sure. talk a little bit. Um, we, I go out to Sundays normally for Alice's parents for dinner, and they – and one day, uh, just around the dinner table, um, mom wanted to just spark some t- conversation. 
instead, you know, put the phones down and let's just try to, you know, be present. So she asked us a couple questions and this is one of the questions she wanted an, an alive person and a passed away person. So I actually already know the answer because I, I did spend some time thinking about it. So I'm ready and I can go first. Well, you're ready too because you had that. So I don't know how ready you are if you need a couple minutes, but I'm pretty good on the spot. So why don't you guys go first and then I'll just, uh, I'll back clean up. All right. So um, my alive person, I said it was coach K. Um, I'm a big dude guy. And of course I think he just goes beyond. I think it'd be interesting to talk to him and not just from a basketball standpoint, but also a leadership standpoint. And I think you could probably tap his mind on some pretty cool stuff for, um, that goes across. Just as I said, I mean, obviously I'm a Duke guy. Obviously I love basketball. So like there's a lot there, but there's some other things there that would definitely make it a really neat conversation. So. Well, I thought about this and I thought it was going to be really hard, but during lunch, it just came to me who I would have. And it's not just one person. It's five. Joanne Howard, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, Jalen Rose, and Chris Weber. Right. I would have the Fab Five. Well, because I want to be selfish, like you know, I bridge the gap between Chris well, Weber and Jalen Rose. I know it's not going to happen, but that would be my dream. And I would just want to talk to these guys about Michigan basketball, their time at Michigan. I know they've told their story, but. Well, I think that those are one of those situations where you want to just light the match and then step back and just watch it all because it'd be pretty cool. I know. Uh, my understanding, Jeff, you're a big sports guy, right? I am. I am. So you know, thinking about this, you know, I'm torn between an athlete and and you know someone from the theater world, and I'm also a pretty big music guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of you know what I do to kind of get away from 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 the world you know just kind of dive into music but um the guy that's just on my mind right now who's still alive is, uh, is chase utley you know mm-hmm. growing up as a phillies fan getting to go through the world series stuff that we'll talk about a little bit later um he was just a great role model uh you know how he played the game his commitment to the city and everything so uh you know carson wentz is nipping at his heels joel Embiid is uh is right there too but uh you know i think i'd rather go out for drinks with joel than really have a conversation with him uh, but, uh, you know, Chase, I feel like we could talk about, you know, the game and, uh, you know, how he got to where he was and, you know, what he's playing now. He just really just announced his retirement. So, yeah. Uh, Chase, at least pretty cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, knowing your brief, what I know about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, definitely... You're going to learn a lot more tonight, but yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of partly why we do this. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. And yeah, I know I'm him flattered I, to be here. Him and I have done this and. The next morning when the dust all settles, we will text each other and just be like, you know, I didn't know that. Or, you know, and I, we both have talked numerous times how much we both enjoy doing it um, for some selfish purposes. But sure. you know, just be, it forces, if anything, it forces me and Brad to get together once a week. I mean, yeah. it's the worst case scenario. So, hey, that's a, that's a good that, problem to have. Yeah. And even then it's awesome because, you know, life's crazy sometimes. And, yeah, um, it's kind of nice to sit down and talk with some people, and I think other people enjoy listening. And you know, I can tell you, anytime we've talked about a guest list, your name always came up. Oh, yeah, well, I appreciate from that. other people, like hey, I, you know, yeah. and so everyone, I, I guess you're. I hope I don't disappoint. There's some I, expectation. I don't know why. All right, well, uh, for for I guess past. I should say that our yeah. guest is Jeff. Lee. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> point. Yeah, Jeff. Yes. So, Jeff. How do you pronounce your last name? Because we've tossed a lot around. Literally exactly how it sounds. Mindoc. All right. Exactly. It's like super, yeah, super simple. All right. So there was, we were nervous about that. Well, if I would have looked at the last name, 
before last yeah. week. I probably would have got it right. <laughs> Pretty phonetic. It was really hard when I was playing sports as a young kid. Like, they could never spell it correctly on any of my trophies. Yeah. I've got more nameplates that have my last name spelled incorrectly in every which way. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a traumatic experience, which is why it's still it's a bit of a trigger for me every time we, Ooh. you know. But hey, but hey, we're here. We're good. Well, now people know that it's Mindoc. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're home. Because I am. no one spells my name last well, night, all right? Or pronounces it right. And Brad is. I got a Polish on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you just say the first time and, yeah, and then you sneeze and then you have Brad's last name. <laughs> um, but past deceased, I went with John F. Kennedy. Mm. So, um, mm. and I took a lot of thinking about that. I made him pass me around once or twice while we were eating. Um, I just think even now, probably more than ever, um, Kennedy was able to do some things with our country you know, um, the position of the presidency of the White House, the White House. And then there was so much tension going on and a divide. And he for somehow, and, you know, and there will be all those out there that disagree with it. I know, but he really was able to unite the nation. And um, here, here. Um, I just think that'd be really cool. And plus, you know, of course he was assassinated. So there'd be some like, I mean, not obviously, hey, did you see that coming? Nothing like that. But, you know, just... Um, questions about, you know, just his legacy and everything. It would just be really cool to talk to him. So, well, Again, for my deceased, there would be two people. All right. be Biggie and Tupac. Again, of course. on a bridge gap. <laughs> You're? I'm just a peaceful person. You, tonight, tonight I'm impressed with you. You uh, so It also is a hip-hop thing, too, you know, with yeah. Fat Five and Biggie and Tupac. So. So, so just because I like how we do things. I like torturing you. I'm going to make you choose one. Right now, Biggie. All right. That's, in the moment. In the moment, yeah. Well, you can true. watch Plague Justice Night, and all of a sudden it's going to be Tupac, right? So Watch Juice. <laughs> yeah, like. Juice, yeah. It's just like that. I'll flip. Yeah, I understand. So, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, so... Uh, my, my love of this individual started when I was younger because, uh, my grandmother actually took me on a vacation to, uh, Atlanta where, uh, they, they hold, uh, this gentleman's name and quite, you know, quite uh, a lot of reverence. Um, but also this past winter, uh, through a group of leaders at the local churches, we uh, were commissioned, the theater was commissioned to uh, write a play about Martin Luther King Jr. And in doing my research for that, because I wrote that play uh, and then hired two actors who I love very dearly to take it out for, for all of the schools in the area. Uh, I would just love to sit down with Martin Luther King and ask him, uh, you know, I don't even know if it's asking. It's kind of like what you said earlier, earlier just like, pose a question and then just watch the match, you know, in golf, uh, you know, his perspective on religion and uh, social justice and communication and empathy. And I mean, there's so much, you know, especially in the times that we're living in right now. Um, I try to stay out of the political spectrum a lot, but, you know, I think that no matter what, we can all look at love as being something that we all need right now. And, uh, if, if there, you know, and Martin Luther King Jr. was not always the most popular person in the world. No, he definitely, uh, you know, had his uh, detractors. Uh, but, but he's, but, you know, I just think that, uh, he would have a lot to say and a lot for me to listen to and a lot to glean, uh, from him. What would be fascinating is for him to look at the landscape of the way things are right now. Compared to where he probably was fighting for it to get. Oh. And I'm sure some things he would be like, Man, we are a lot further ahead of the curve yeah. than I could ever imagine. And then I'm sure on other things he would probably be like, "What in the heck? You got to be just—you absolutely have to be kidding me right now." Absolutely. So, 
<laughs> so, well, that's my thing is that, you know, obviously we know what his platform was and we know what he was fighting for, but I would love to hear what his, you know, perspective is on, you know, LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. You know, what's ha- you know, what is his perspective on the other problems that have now, not that they weren't there before, but, you know, they've really come to the, you know, I mean, we're still fighting for, you know, racial equality as well. Um, but just everything that we're fighting against right now, I would just love to hear his perspective, not just as focused as it was, because that was the, the primary problem of the time. Yeah. Lots to think about. <laughs> yeah. it, it's super deep, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And, and I think you can do that when you deal with, like, even, I mean, it's not nowhere near as serious as yours, but even the beginning of Tupac, when you just start thinking about it, and it's just like, I mean, you don't know us very well, but we're, we're big hip-hop heads. and That's awesome. Yeah, and... There's we, a lot of you guys running around Alpino. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and, and for us, I mean, they were part of our lives growing That's up. awesome. Just flat out. So to have someone like that that played a part of your life, and they don't know about know yeah. that really. But, you know, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. So do we, now that we've kind of added something new that we weren't prepared for, did we miss anything normally that we touch on? Well, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I just filled out the email address. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> all you look for. Consistency. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, we'll get to take a break and we'll come back. We'll get to know you a little better, Jeff. Perfect. All right. All right. Now we are going to do our hot takes. We have three of them. No, three subjects. Could be four because I found another one. I don't know if I want to talk about it or not. We'll see. All right. The first one is an 11-year-old graduated from college. He got his associates from St. Petersburg College, I believe it was. He graduated from high school at the age of nine. Wants to get his doctorate by the age of 18. I think he said he wanted to be an astrophysicist, something like that. Well, I think, like me. Yeah. So I think <laughs> the first thing is we found our intern. So that's good news. <laughs> yeah. Only well, uh, he, he lives in Florida. But, yeah. A lot of this could be done online now. So hey, they, you know. He's probably got teleportation down that, though. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like a real like Dewey Gowser is what you're kind of telling me. Yeah. He was declared a genius at five and graduated from high school at nine. I wonder what. Like, at what point do you realize, like, man, my kid's pretty smart, and then to a point where he's just, like, a genius, and the baby Einstein there. I don't know how, uh, it's kind of nuts. And, like, how do you deal with that? Are you just, like, proud, or are you, like, intimidated, or are you jealous of this, yeah. you know, kid's intellect? There was a movie out just a little while ago with Chris Evans in it, and <laughs> I remember he had, he was, like, a bad dad, and then he had the daughter, and the daughter was really smart, and yada, yada, yada. I remember Allison was watching it, but... I don't know. Sounds like it was riveting for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I first heard Chris Evans, I was excited because I thought I was going to go watch Captain America, and then I realized it wasn't that. So then, <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it goes. All right. The second subject is <laughs> a girl left 40 notes on a bridge in the UK. And apparently, these notes helped save six lives. Because I guess people like to jump off the bridge and commit suicide. Correct. And people saw these notes and they were inspired to not jump, which is good. And she was head of the police chief, or I don't know what they're called in the UK, but the police chief 
gave her some recognition and brought her back to the bridge and gave her a plaque or something. It's nice. Probably need more of this in the world. Well, yeah. So um, my understanding was it was a spot where a lot of people, where people like to just, you know, um, do some unfortunate other things. And I guess she wrote over 40 letters and she would rotate them. And I guess um, just six different people went there and they saw the letter and read it and it changed their, you know, decision. So I think it proves a point something that we've I've talked about before and I know you and I have obviously talked about, but you really don't know what someone's going through at the time. And your right, kindness goes a long way. So I guess something that we've talked many times on here before, not just picking up your garbage after yourself, but if you could just be nice to each other. You never know what'll happen when you're nice to somebody. So. Yeah. All right. Our third subject is Tiger Woods at the British Open. Hmm. He finished tied for six, two shots back of his playing partner on the final day, Francesco Molinari. It was nice to see, you know, Tigers is coming back. I don't know if he'll ever win like he did, but it was nice to see him in contention. He did have a flub on two holes where he dropped back three shots, but it happens. Are you a Tiger guy? Or? Uh, huge, okay. huge. Right. Uh, a lot, a lot of golf. Uh, from like high school on, I don't get to play nearly as much as I want to. Uh, you know, sixty-hour work weeks kind of cut into that. But uh, but I love watching, and uh, you know, I actually I actually disagree with you, Bradley. I think that after yesterday, I think there's definitely some more wins in his uh, in his arsenal. I mean, he was playing smart. He was playing uh, playing like he used to. You know, I mean, not to the you know not peak Tiger, but uh, you know, he wore the red on Sunday, so he was feeling himself and. Uh, well, first of all, I was impressed. if you like golf and you're going to be around, I, hopefully you're going to be around for a while. We plan on it. Good. We plan uh, on it. We have a golf outing for you next June. So. Uh-oh. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm not sure if I'm willing really to embarrass myself. Oh, but, it's, uh, I, I, it's not a serious golf outing. Oh, well, then, yeah. All right. I'm in. Uh, yeah. I think it was episode 13. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Um, a good friend of ours. Um, does a memorial tournament for his pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the uh, Wallace. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's nothing but it's golf is, is not even secondary. It's, oh, all right. It's third and fourth on the list. So <laughs> this sounds like my kind of uh, event. Yeah, and if anything, we could now that I mean, since we're trying to kind of rope you in here, um, <laughs> may, we I would even be willing to maybe put together a hole that's in wow. your house. Like, so if you want, maybe we can make a musical hole or something like that. So don't I mean, think. I mean, nothing's off the table in this. Audience. I did this, yeah. <laughs> so Shakespeare uh, on the green, literally. That's uh, that's that's good. Oh hey, I'm gosh. just how I, can we spin this? I got a lot of artistic ideas. They just kind of flow out like that. So we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We got what eleven months? Yeah, I but I want it right now, Jeff. I want to come oh, up with right, the idea okay. right now. Right. I mean, I will text Dylan right now this idea. If we, can, we can put it together by the end of this episode. So. I mean, I'm ready. I know. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a creative mind, so uh, yeah, and uh, I love collaboration. So whatever you want, let's do it. All right. So um, Saturday I was golfing, and I was in Bel Air, and it was this weird place where I didn't have any cell reception. So last night I kind of knew I saw you went even and even, and I was like, oh, you know, that's yeah. not bad. At least he's made the cut because yeah. I think, you know, you, sometimes you're worried he's going to make the cut. And we went out for dinner, and – I kind of honestly forgot about it. And then Sunday morning we got up and we we're headed out to go meet up Alice's brother. And we turned on the TV to watch it a little bit. Cause it was early. 
and they, the family we were with wanted us to know what our plan was today. And I said, well, um, we're going to go around Traverse City walking around unless, you know, Tiger's in contention and then I'm just going to sit my ass on a bar stool and watch it. And lo and behold, the TV comes up and I'm like, He's like, he's oh, my God, what yet? just happened? And I told Allison, like, well, I got some bad news for you. I mean, and, you know, she kind of chuckled. I mean, every and time. All, and you walked all around driver's seat. And each time I went, I looked in there. Yeah. And, she, and she was, of course, she knew. So she was like, no, take your time. Get what you need to find yeah. out. And then off to the next one. I, the miracle of cell phones now. You can always find out what's going on. Absolutely. So, yeah. But um, it's a great end of the tournament. Tiger, Tiger, regardless. I mean, that hole in eleven was it, right? So I mean, the double bogey, it, yeah, double bogey and then bogey. Yeah, it's it rough. But yeah, but it wasn't that far behind. No, was, and he came down straight back mistakes. after that. A lot of times that'll just kind of start the hole. Absolutely. Yeah. So I liked how you know he started off with that iron, the, the two iron, instead of driving, which. You saw him warming up, and he's still even was. I don't know if you did. You watch the beginning? Oh, yeah, under, yeah. So you, you kind of see whether was he meant to or not. <laughs> it was still being sprayed all over yeah. the place. So um, I was just like, "Hey, it's kind of cool." So. I mean, Tiger Woods playing well is good for golf. It is. Some people argue that it's not. Tiger Tiger on Sunday is absolutely Tiger moves that needle. So exactly, he's going to bring in that money for everybody. It's amazing how there is that group of people that were like, "Well, you know." You guys are talking about him, and he didn't even win. Because that's the argument, right? right? So, um, whatever. They're not fans of our podcast, people. Know that. So, I was going <laughs> to text them. you and Eric when he was just turning it up, but I didn't want to jinx him. I didn't, yeah. We are superstitious as well, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. And we're just going to skip the fourth topic because it's too depressing. I like it. You left, you're going to leave me wondering. I'll tell, and, you when we, I'll tell you when we stop recording. Well, no, I don't want to know. I want to be like our listeners. Because if people are going to like, look in. Yeah, people are like, oh, I want to know. Well, they can email us and find out. Oh, oh, oh he's, he's in the mailbag. Right. You're getting pretty good at this. I am. All right. All right. All right. Ready? Jeff. So, uh, you are, you work with the theater? Primarily the producing artistic director at Thunder Bay Theater. That's what I would like everybody to, uh, to, to know me as. All the other jobs are, you know, well, I love my other jobs. Don't get me wrong. I do. No. I love them. But, uh, you know, I think that what I'm working towards is, is one day being able to just live off of what I make at the theater. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a hustler and we, <laughs> we love that. I mean, that's something, you know, that's, um, you know, I uh, I honestly I see needs in the community and I just try to fill them. You yeah. know, if Paige and I are going to be here, you know, and um, and be in this small community where we know that we can make an impact, I want to make it as often and as you know frequently as possible. Yeah, um, it's funny. Right now, it seems like there's a shorter sh- uh, shortage of cooks. Yeah, you know, like restaurants can't find cooks. I told just my wife and I were talking the other day. I was like, I really don't want to work a you know, second <laughs> job, but. Jeez, oh, please, I probably could walk in any kitchen, just kind of name my price. I don't think you're wrong. You know, and just be like, and, and I don't want to do dishes. I'm just going to come in at five. I'm going to cook for three hours, and I'm going to walk out the door. Right. You know, and I'm sure somebody would probably be like, yes, please. Yeah. Because 
people are just having a hard time with stuff like that. I mean, you know, I am, you know, 28 years old, living in Alpena, not at all what I expected to be doing at 28 years old. And, and I keep trying to convince all my friends back home or, you know, anybody I come in contact with to move up here because, you know, for me, Alpena is, is a land of opportunity. I mean, you know, there's just literally anything you want to do or can do. I can't think of a better place to try it. Yeah. You know, whether you want to get into the food industry or you want to, you know, sell cars or you want to, you know, run a nonprofit, you know, arts organization or work at the sanctuary or work at a church or, uh, you know, I mean, we're always looking for teachers. I substitute teach too. So, you know, it's, uh, I love it up here. You know, Paige and I both do, uh, Paige works at, uh, Paige, my wife, uh, you know, is a pretty big part of a uh, greater pet supply over on M32. <laughs> and that just started as a part-time gig. And now she's, you know, uh, you know, one of the top, top people there. And, uh, that's what I love about Alpina and I, you know, I'm excited to see it continue to grow and prosper. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, let's totally Tarantino in it now. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so what did you, you talk about? How you just got your start? And like, sure. So I was born and raised in, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes North of Philadelphia, about two hours South of New York city. Um, so I am definitely, uh, uh, East coast Yankee. Uh, my mother-in-law from Mississippi reminds me of that every single time I come home for the holidays. Um, Are you like the Allentown? The Allentown. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Joel sang about me. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I, I knew it. Was, it made yeah. sense now. You're the first person to say that, too. Yeah, yeah so bring yeah. that up. That yeah. Makes yeah. But, um, yeah, so 18 years, uh, you know, uh, great family. They are the reason that I am who I am and I am where I am today. Uh, super supportive mom and dad. Uh, played sports throughout high school, but then um, – in the fifth grade, uh, my elementary school always did a musical, and we did Bye Bye Birdie, a uh, popular show. And uh, I was bequeathed the role of Conrad Birdie, who is the Elvis impersonator. And as soon as I realized that I got to wear sparkly clothing and shake my hips and girls liked it, it's ball game. It's all over. So, uh, yeah, so literally from fifth grade through high school, uh, I tried really hard to balance my life between sports and theater. Uh, and I went to a school with 4,000 kids. So that was not possible mm -hmm. uh, because the athletes were the athletes and the artists were the artists and the computer science guys were the computer science guys. So um, I did a lot of community theater uh, so that I could try and stay involved in my athletics and things like that and did a lot of intramurals and stuff. And that kind of got me to this point at, where I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into school for theater. Um, so I have a degree in, uh, in musical theater. I actually went to school originally for acting and directing and a teaching certification in Pennsylvania. And uh, the very last semester of my college education, I uh, was selected to do a New York showcase, which is go and perform in front of a whole bunch of agents and things. And because of that class, I couldn't take my final requirement for my acting directing degree. So they just flipped me over to musical theater. And that's why I'm a musical theater major. Uh, so, you know, the uh, education system at its, perfect, at its, uh, at its finest. Um, but yeah, uh, when I started doing community theater, then it kind of evolved into doing some professional theater. There was a great, uh, dinner theater that came into my area in Allentown, which is where I really grew up and sharpened my teeth. And, you know, I was making 50 bucks a week as, you know, a high school kid doing what he loved, which was like awesome. Um, and so I went to school uh, at a DeSales university. So it was a Catholic institution. Um, I was raised Catholic. Uh, and then my mother's Jewish and I married a Southern Baptist. So, uh, and now I work at the first UCC in town. So I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I literally, I literally could not be, uh, uh, more of 
of a pinwheel of, of uh, you know, beliefs in that regard. But, uh, you know, I, I just say it because, you know, it is kind of important to me. I love my job at the first UCC and the family there and the community there. Um, but uh, my college education was really, really great. Uh, it taught me a lot about being humble. Uh, it taught me a lot about not taking things for granted. Uh, and for the first two years of college, I was kind of like a knucklehead. Like I just was not focused on school. I was focused on getting to Broadway, East Coast dreams. Um, and then, uh, I woke up and I was like, all right, let's take this seriously and let's do this for real. Um, and so right after college, uh, so the sales is only about 15 minutes away from where I grew up, but my parents were super great. They were like, go live on campus, get out of the house. We don't want you here. I mean, we love each other a lot. They were like, you know, we're always here for a home cooked meal. Always come home. We'll take you out to your 24 hour diner. You know, we'll be at every single show. We'll be at every single, you know, whatever you let us be at. Uh, but we want you to have your college experience. And that was so great. And, you know, I grew up a lot as I think we all do in college and things like that. So, um, left college, uh, booked my first job as a professional actor in Beckley, West Virginia, which is the literal bottom of the state. And boy, oh boy, was that an experience. It was an outdoor drama. So we were rehearsing and performing in, you know, 90 to 100 degree heat and doing old historical things where I was, you know, shooting, you know, fake guns and beating people up, you know, and uh, singing songs about moonshine. It was great. Um, that led to me moving to New York City. And after two weeks in New York City, the dinner theater back at home offered me my first like big kid professional contract. So I went back home for a little bit and then stayed in New York City and then uh, in a matter of about three months, and this is very, very uncommon, and I'm very proud of it, I actually booked like a year and a half worth of work all over the country in like two months. And then I, so I was able to give up my New York apartment, and I went from Pennsylvania to Louisville, Kentucky for three week, for three months, and then I went to Princeton, Illinois, which is about two and a half hours outside of Chicago, and then I, uh, I had booked, and this is a pretty big story because it's kind of how I got to Thunder Bay Theater in Alpena, I had booked an eight-month contract in North Carolina doing uh, touring Shakespeare, which is what we're doing now at Thunder Bay Theater for all of our schools in northern Michigan. Um, and three weeks before I was supposed to go out of that contract after Illinois, they called me and said, your contract just got cut to four months. And you don't have a job until January, which is unfortunately somewhat common in the theater world. Uh, you know, what you enjoy in terms of uh, freedom and uh, flexibility and, uh, you know, different responsibilities than people with nine to five jobs. You also have a lack of um, security. So it was at that point that uh, a, a guy that I worked with in West Virginia called me because he had just taken over Thunder Bay Theater and said, hey, we got a good set of shows for you. I really want you to come and play The Beast and Beauty and the Beast. Um, why don't you come up and do it? And I said, well, I don't have anything else. I had actually just turned down my first union contract to be in Lombardi, the show about it's Lombardi. So I was feeling really great about myself. <laughs> um, and so I came up to Thunder Bay Theater and agreed to a 12-week contract and did uh, Grey Gardens and Boeing Boeing and Beauty and the Beast. And... Um, now remember, this is when I'm still like 22, 23 years old. So uh, on my last week of my contract, I was actually flying down to North Carolina to do a full week of rehearsal, then flew back here to do the last week of performances in the middle of a northern Michigan winter. So that went about as well as it was supposed to. And then had to drive back down with my car and all of my life possessions and be there by Monday morning at 8. And we ended our show here in Michigan um, at like 6 o'clock on Sunday night. So it was overnight through to get to North Carolina. Um in my last week or two weeks here, 
Uh, we have these things called exit interviews so that the theater can always try and grow and figure, you know, out how to be better. Uh, I told the board of directors that, you know, I loved Alpina. I thought the Thunder Bay Theater had a lot of potential, but I would never come back unless I was running the joint, which is only what you say when you're 22 or 23 years old <laughs> and you think that you know exactly what you're supposed to say. Um, and after three months of, you know, talking over Skype and I presented a five-year plan and everything, uh, the board of directors at the time offered me the job. And my wife, who was then my girlfriend at the time, you know, we looked at each other and said, are we really going to do this? And we said yes. And so in March of 2014, we officially accepted the position at Thunder Bay Theater. And while I was still touring in North Carolina, all over the state, uh, I was hiring my actors for the summer season. And we got here May 2014 after only being engaged for about three months. And uh, and and the rest, I guess, is history. The rest is, is five long years of... Um, Running a nonprofit arts administrate uh, organization in a, you know in in a town like Alpena you know and everything that goes along with that and we love this community and there's so many um, challenges and so many uh, positives and, and and everything on that spectrum of, of running an uh, an organization like that up here you know um, opening people's eyes to things that they're not used to seeing but also making sure that you still provide them with enough stuff that you know they want to see and bridging that gap and uh, this year, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, we've really kind of hit our stride in regards to um, being the kind of cultural organization that we want to be, you know, pursuing diversity, inclusivity, um, you know, really being a voice for, I think, you know, um, I don't view them this way, but, you know, the misfits of our society, you know, our high schoolers who are a little bit different. And, you know, um, we bring in, you know, I would say almost a company of of, of 50% actors of color, um, you know, and, and again, you know, with persuasions on every side of the spectrum, you know, trying to convince uh, people of diverse backgrounds to come to Alpena is probably the biggest part of my job. Um, and it's the challenge that I love. And it's why I love this community, because this community always embraces them. You know, they may get a few looks at Latitudes on Friday night. They may hear a few things that they don't want to hear. Uh, but, you know, through that, we preach and teach love and acceptance. And, you know, we want to, if the professional theater is not starting those conversations, then who's going to? So, And unfortunately, some of the things you might hear in Alpena, you're probably going to hear in other places, too. And for, so that's, Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. So, you know. So to say that it's like it's not an Alpina problem, right? Anyway, that obviously if that was what was I construed, that's not what I meant to say. No, no, but I, I think it bears, you know, worth mentioning that it's not an Alpina problem, but it, and it's maybe a societal problem. Definitely, it's wrong either it's way. A, I think it's a little bit exacerbated just because we don't have the diversity that you have in Chicago and New York and St. Louis and Philadelphia, yeah. which is where most of our actors are coming from. Yeah. I still have some people who don't know that Thunder Bay Theater is a professional theater and what that means. Uh, you know, so a professional theater means that uh, everybody who is on our stage, except for our wonderfully talented community members who we're even starting to, uh, you know, develop into the same kind of people. Uh, they all either have their degrees in theater or they are pursuing their degrees in theater, especially in the summer. A lot of students from all over the country. And now with our involvement with the masters at the high school and getting them more involved in all of our shows and giving them more educational opportunities, we're actually starting to send more and more kids to school for theater. And uh, Alpena High School is becoming uh, a name that people recognize in the college circuit uh, in, in Michigan, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Because I think there's a challenge there for a while where theater became this, it got put in its own box, 
I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I don't think it was a cool box by any stretch of the imagination. Unfortunately, no. you know. Yeah. And um, it's it, I'm fascinated hearing that you played sports and theater at the same time because I couldn't think of at times two worlds that probably, unless you're at high school musical or Glee, right, um, right, <laughs> um, that were really against just opposite yeah. of the spectrum. Well, I think I'm a bit of an anomaly, and you know. Um, I was lucky that I had a lot of teachers and, and, and educators and directors who were pretty uh, understanding of, of my desire to do both. But I also know that I worked really hard to commit to both. So, you know, I would leave play rehearsal to run and go pitch two innings in my baseball game and then be back by 730 to, you know, make sure that I didn't miss a run through or something. Yeah. Um, and it takes that kind of commitment. You know, uh, sometimes people view the arts or they view theater or they view plays as, oh, well, it's a nice little hobby. But, you know, it's what I've committed my entire life to. You know, my wife and I have made a lot of sacrifices to promise to this community that we're going to produce theater of a certain quality and of a certain um, with a certain attention to detail. And because of that, we're not going to go make the kind of money that any of us would make in Chicago or Philadelphia. And we're not going to be able to, you know, have all of, you know, everything that we want. I'm so sorely miss being able to go to a professional sporting event <laughs> without driving four hours. You know, but um, this community is so supportive and, and, you know, in my opinion, so desperately needs the um, the empathy and communication skills that are bred in a theater when you sit down with 60 to 100 other people and you all share an experience with people who are doing it right in front of you, uh, you know, um, rather than watching a screen or, or having that disconnect, uh, but literally to see someone going through a series of emotions or telling a specific story and everybody sees that story together but has a different reaction to it. That's what, that's what happens at Thunder Bay Theater. You know, I, I just think that we're... Uh, we're just doing our best to tell great stories that, uh, that people want and need to hear. Um, and through that, where I think we're educating every age of our community, or at least I hope we are. I mean, it sort of <laughs> seems like you are. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so before we get really into the theater more, which I know, we're talking yeah, about, yeah. anything else more about you? About me? Uh, well, I am a huge Philadelphia sports fan, born and raised. Yeah. My father did a great job. Uh, you know, it's been a great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan right now. Uh, it was pretty rough through my teens uh, until, uh, you know, those, those Phillies in 2008 really showed up. Um, uh, my wife and I have six animals. Uh, we are a little bit crazy in that regard. Uh, three dogs, uh, Barkley, Ophelia, and Brutus. And three cats, Bowser, uh, Elizabeth, and Leo. And um, what else? Uh, I'm a pretty avid Fortnite player. <laughs> Do love me some Fortnite. Talk to all my middle school kids about that. They all want to add me on the PSN, and I say no thank you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so uh, a lot of video games. Uh, you know, I still play fantasy sports with all my buddies back at home. That's kind of like what grounds me. Mm -hmm. Um I, like I said, I'm really into music, a lot of singer-songwriter stuff. Uh, when I was back in Philadelphia, you know, I would go to concerts maybe every other weekend, you know, either in little dive bars or, you know, on big, big, um, big concerts. My wife and I love rocking out to Bruno Mars and Taylor Swift. So uh, not just musical theater. Um, anything else about me? Um, my nickname is uh, Fish Doc, which is really interesting. It's on my, uh, my Facebook uh, profile name and it hasn't gone away and I did it's there because I lost a bet in college with uh, one of my very best friends uh, one of whom uh, you know I'm going to his wedding uh, this weekend um, and a lot of people have no idea why fish stock exists 
And uh, when I was in high school, online poker was like the thing, you know what I mean? Chris Moneymaker and Phil Ivey. I mean, just it was right when it hit its peak. So obviously me and all of my buddies were, you know, playing online poker because we were 18. Um, and a really good poker player online is called a shark. And a really bad online poker player is called a fish. And uh, I had a job in high school that really just, you know, fed my online poker losses. Um, so one day we were all sitting around eating some cinnamon toast crunch and watching episodes of scrubs in the office. And one of my buddies was just like, man, Jeff, you're such a fish, like fish doc. And it's boring. And literally from that day, everybody calls me fish doc and, or fish. Um, that's all I've known back at home. Some people sometimes in the theater really pick up on it. And then I become, you know, Mr. Fish or director fish or, uh, you know, things like that. Um, some of my directors, when I was still acting all across the country, they saw it and then they would call me fish. And it's just, you know, one of those nonsensical names just kind of sticks. And I have now got my wife to agree to the fact that our first, uh, our firstborn son, his name is going to be Fisher. Nice. So, like, that's uh, that's not a sign of uh, love and respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, much kudos to my wife Paige. Uh, you know, she uh, she's very supportive of us being in here in Alpena, and she's a uh, she's uh, she's my rock man. So she's a really big part of what I do and why I do it, and uh, I love her. That's awesome. Yeah. My poker handle is no outs. No outs. It's been that way for ever since way back like you said back then um that was my handle it's, being an actor i always it was always assumed that i was bluffing which a lot of times i was which is why i lost a lot <laughs> uh but every now but you know what 99 bluffs that you lose is worth the one time you bluff somebody oh, yeah. and you win oh, yeah, and that's why and uh, it's usually a huge payday exactly yeah, exactly yeah so that's uh yeah so um yeah mainly played baseball and basketball in uh in high school because when i Played my first game of tackle football. I didn't like how tight the helmet was on my head. So that was the end of my football career. Uh, in the third grade, I scored 32 points uh, in a rec game. And uh, the basketball coach talked to me that day and never talked to me again at my high school. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you know, I, uh, I love to work. Uh, you know, I, and I, you know, I really do. I love this community. I'm a board member of the DDA. Um, so I'm really proud of that. Really excited about that. And I'm excited to see what Alpina has in store. And I like to think that Thunder Bay Theater is a big part of the upward trajectory that we're currently riding. Yeah. All right. So I think we'll take a break here and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little more about the theater. Sounds and good. then, um, then we'll get into a couple of other things here. I am patiently, Working toward you giving Brad some speaking lessons. And that's what I, that's really my, I mean, like when you told me that that was my job, I was like, that's why I'm in Alpena. That's <laughs> why I'm here. It's, I, it's my holy grail. We've only been teasing will. this on the pod for about three weeks now. Amazing. So, Great. like, I don't know if people are as excited as I am, but I gotta be honest with you. Well, we're gonna work your diaphragm yeah. and everything. Uh, <laughs> we've got exercises on the kitchen floor. It's gonna be great. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> So Jeff, um, Thunder Bay Theater, yes sir, has obviously been. In, I think it's been around my entire life in Alpena. It's a fifty-one year organization. I mean, yeah, yeah it's got a lot of uh, a lot of history. I have only been to it a handful of times. That's all right. It's all okay. Honesty. And then Lord knows I want to go more. Um, but I have hit some really high cool points and seen some cool things yeah. there. Um, definitely made it last year to um, West Side Story in the park, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was awesome. Um, and looking for a hairspray, which we'll talk here in a Can't minute. Can't wait. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Thunder Bay Theater year round. Yes. Yep. Year round. So, uh, we are the only 
we're actually only one of two professional theaters, meaning that we bring in those professionals from all over the country. Uh, there's only two of us in northern Michigan, so essentially above uh, Saginaw. Okay. Uh, there's one over in Traverse City that uh, just started. They've gotten there maybe going into their 10th year, a little bit smaller. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's – there's been a lot of great work that has happened at Thunder Bay theater over the 50 years, you know, um, the founder Keith Titus and, uh, you know, all of his group that were with the organization through the eighties. I mean, they did so much work to make Thunder Bay theater a thing that I never, ever, ever want to, you know, say anything. I had nothing negative yeah. to say, you know, there's actually, what's fascinating is that as we bring in more young people from all over the country, and they work here and then they go back out. They, they run into older actors and uh, older administrators and they go, well, I was at Thunder Bay Theater in the 80s. I was at Thunder Bay Theater in the 90s. I was with Keith in his first season in 1977. The head of my theater department uh, back into sales was actually offered the artistic director position in 1986. <laughs> like it's just it, – it, it, I don't think people understand the kind of national um, connections that Thunder Bay Theater provides. Um, but yeah, we operate all year round, uh, and we essentially have three different seasons. We have our spring, summer, and fall season. And that's been an ongoing process of finding out what works for my five years that I've been here. Um, last year, we, we established a new plan that has really seemed to work, uh, both in regards to the bottom line and in regards to how our community responds to our shows. And that is that we always start our year and end our year with educational programming. So the first show of the year is always our annual youth production, which is kids 10 to 21 all in the community, that is supposed to be their introduction to the theater. You know, hey, mom, I have a lot of energy. What do I do? Hey, mom, I want to be a star. What do I do? They come and they audition for that play and they get to work with our professional staff. Then we start our professional calendar, which is uh, a play in the Great American Play Project, which is an initiative that we introduced uh, last year and started this year with The Odd Couple. So the purpose of the Great American Play Project is that we want to do plays that essentially make up the foundation of, of modern American drama. So this year it was The Odd Couple. Next year it is The Glass Menagerie by Tennessee Williams. Then we're doing Harvey, which is the one about the imaginary uh, rabbit. And then we're doing of Mice and Men and um, The Grapes of Wrath. So, you know, all these plays that were books before or, you know, uh, books at the same time, <coughs> stuff that should be aligning with our curriculum at the schools, really good stuff. Uh, and then we do our educational tour, which is now going to be going into its third year. Um, I think people know about it. Sometimes I'm surprised they don't. But this past year, we served over 10,000 students from Alpena to Grand Traverse with our educational programming and every single student in the Alpena Public Schools, elementary and middle schools. And, uh, you know, that's all possible because of, you know, uh, grants and things like that. But also uh, we had one very special donor who really believes in arts education and exposing the kids to this, uh, to you know, just to the arts. Um, because what I found most fascinating in being a substitute teacher at the high school, I talked to a lot of the kids and I let them know who I am and that, you know, I'm a, you know adult in this community who cares about all of their progress and all of their futures. And I said, you know, when was the last time you saw a play? When was the last time you were at Thunder Bay Theater? And they all go, oh, second or third grade. And they're about to graduate high school. So they've gone an entire decade without sitting in an auditorium with a group of other people and sharing in that theatrical experience. And I know that that's a norm in Alpena, but I also feel like I'm in Alpena to disrupt that norm and, you know, to um, to cultivate the artistic side of, of our kids and also our adults. You know, um, our numbers have continued to grow every single year that we've been here, which means that something must be going OK. Um, we're putting something in the water that's working. 
Um, so the educational tour runs for three weeks and then we do our big summer seasons, which everybody, that's what they all write home about. I mean, everybody in Alpena writes home about the summers. That's when the restaurants do well. That's when the theater does well. That's what Noah does well. You know, that's what, that's what we're here for. Um, so we always do three big musicals in the summer with our biggest core company. This summer we have 28 members of our core company. When I got here my first summer, we had 11. So in five years, we've seen that kind of growth, which, again, we're super proud of. Uh, when Keith was uh, in his very first year, I believe that the total was 35 people in the core company. So that's what I'm chasing after. Right. That's what I'm shooting for. And then in the fall, uh, we always do a jukebox musical, uh, you know, to kind of calm back down after a big summer that kind of pushes us all to the brink. And then last year, we introduced a new initiative, the Shakespeare Project. So uh, for the next five years, starting last year, we do a Shakespeare play with a modern concept. So last year was Hamlet in the style of Alice in Wonderland. So uh, uh, Hamlet was the Mad Hatter and Ophelia was Alice and, uh, you know, um, uh, Horatio was the March Hare. And this year we're doing Romeo and Juliet and it is set as Michigan versus Michigan State (laughs) on homecoming weekend. So uh, Romeo and the Montagues are uh, the fraternity from Michigan and Juliet and the Capulets are the uh, uh, sorority sisters from uh, from Michigan State. And uh, the big fight that breaks out in the middle of the show is at the tailgate for the homecoming game. So, uh, you know, if that doesn't bring people in to see some Shakespeare uh, in Alpena, Michigan, then I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But, uh, you know, it, it's a really fun way to see see these things from a different perspective and really just engage the community. And then our last show of the year uh, is actually the Alpena High School Masters Club musical every year. Uh, and this year we're doing Peter Pan. Last year we did Meet Me in St. Louis. The year before we did Sound of Music. So we get to do these big Broadway musicals. Uh, and the kids are the stars. So we usually keep two professional actors on to kind of serve as mentors, which has been a really positive experience. Myself or one of our production staff, professional staff, will design, direct, build the show and everything in association with the advisors of the club. And uh, this year we're doing Peter Pan. And one of the things we also do with that show every year is that we have a community member who serves as one of the adult roles. Uh, This year I am serving as the community member and I am actually playing Captain Hook in our production of Peter Pan with the high school students. So uh, we are all really excited about that. I'm excited to kind of put my money where my mouth is with the kids. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we teach things like preparation, time management, accountability, communication. You know, we don't really let things linger. You know, if a kid has a problem with uh, with what I'm saying or how I'm, you know, teaching them or directing them, I say, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it right now. We're not going to let this dissipate until there's a Snapchat story about how Mr. Mindock is a bully or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. You know, and, and that kind of goes back to my whole point of, being a, a substitute teacher, I see the communication breakdowns that we're having with kids, you know, um, and it's nobody's fault. I mean, it's a product of technology. It's a product of funding. It's a, I mean, it's a product of everything, you know, and, and the one thing that theater has, I think, over everything else is the ability to teach empathy and understanding and communication. And that's why I want to change the way that people view the arts and, and, and think about the arts and, and what kind of exposure we have to the arts in this community is because I think that we'd be surprised at, at where our community would go in terms of the workforce, in terms of the investment, both emotional and you know fiscal, uh, with, with, with a greater attention to the arts. Um, you know, there's a lot of great work that has been done for the past 50 years at Thunder Bay Theater and um, 
and at Civic Theater, but I know that at Thunder Bay Theater, before I got here for a full decade, there was a new leader every two years. And uh, how would do basketball be without Coach K for the past 20, 30 years? Right. You know, I mean, those kinds of concepts are transitive. So that's why Paige and I are committed to being in Alpena for a while, because I think that uh, I think that the potential for Thunder Bay Theater only goes as far as someone who's willing to invest as much into the community and into the organization as, as the community is willing to invest in them. And, and we feel very supportive and very invested in by, by our community. And it feels that way that you guys are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you know, even, you know, uh, not to pick on you, but you know, the comment, you know, I know that I know everybody wants to be at the theater mm-hmm. for every single show, yeah. but that's a big commitment. Yeah. And we understand that, you know, and I think that, I think that I'll know that our work is done in Alpena. If it ever is done when, you know, when people don't say that anymore, you yeah. know, and that's not a, uh, that's, uh, no. you know, sincerely yeah. it's uh, because it's a common theme, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of parents of younger kids, ah, I, you know, I didn't get a babysitter, so I didn't come and see this play, you know, but then there's also like, we would never miss a Michigan State game. Would yeah. we? we would never miss a Duke basketball well, I game. Mean, I w- I'm a different you, person. Well, right, 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 right. But I would never miss a Penn State game. We all have our faults. Exactly. I know. I know. I was loving it. And then this train just kind of, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'll get, no, we would miss I, Michigan I, State I, games. You, know, you brought up a, yeah. You oh, and, Michigan games. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, go, ahead, go ahead. No, you brought up a great point. I just got done going through all this schooling. And one of the things that they talked about, they kept hammering it on it, was um, empathy. Yeah. And how the ability to just use empathy correctly and how it is a skill. And, you know, you could be, you can not be very good at it, but you could work at it and get better at it. Um, and I think it's, you bring up a great point. But I can see why the theater does that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Artists, by their nature, are emotional and vulnerable. And I have learned more about empathy in my five years of running an arts organization with, you know, artists who go from 18 years old to, you know, some of our locals who are in our shows are in their 70s. I mean, I have I have learned so much from Thunder Bay Theater, and that's why I've never gotten tired of it. You know, some people burn out at jobs and things like that. You know, Paige and I have probably put in over five years. I mean, a normal job is, what, 2,000 hours a, a, a year. I mean, Paige and I have easily put in probably double that, you know, 20,000 hours into that theater over the past five years and watch those high school kids grow from freshmen into ready to go and pursue theater in New York and downstate. And, uh, you know, just this year we started cultivating relationships with Oakland University, with Central Michigan University, with the University of Michigan Flint for our students, but also for ourselves. Yeah, that partnership um, would be You know, huge. we're putting we're putting Alpina on the map because because of theater, you know, which is uh, which is really exciting. And, 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 you know, again, like why we're here, you know, I want Alpina to be the best that it could be and not just be that, that region up North that nobody really knows about, but that region that like, Oh, there's a great theater there and a great sanctuary there and a great microbrewery and a great restaurant and a great, you know, all those, I want, I want Alpina to be exactly how I I want it to be what I feel like it is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I remember when I went back to school, yeah. A long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Sure. And it was to that point where we had Mary Beth on, and she talked about this, but when the the, the economic system kind of collapsed, you know, and we Alpena was a primary, and still is in a lot of ways, a manufacturing community, yeah. and as was Michigan. Let's say Michigan overall. I think it's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. And I remember when I was going back to school, we spent a lot of time talking about ways that we could – for people that want to believe that the manufacturing jobs are coming back, they're just not, unfortunately, between with technology and the advancement. Objectively. Yeah. Say that objectively. Objectively, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if I'm offending someone, I really don't care. 
So cool. anyway, okay, yeah, I'll, yeah. Take, I'll, I'll take my shackles off. Good. Yeah, All right, yeah. Here so, we go. Yeah. So, but what, one of the things we were talking about is there was an opportunity for Alpina to really embrace all these things, not necessarily be a tourist town like Traverse City, which, right? No, which is, I don't think anybody wants. Right, yeah. but there was an to an art side, a culture side that we would be able to effectively create, market, and become. And it not necessarily would take the place of manufacturing, but if if the our identity was manufacturing through you know the fifties, sixties, seventies, which it was, absolutely. which it was, this could be a new way for us to look at ourselves. And, that, yeah. and I think in a lot of ways it has. You know, you look at some oh, the transition has happened. Um, not not to say that Besser and Lafarge aren't important to our incredibly important, yeah, incredibly important, yeah. But, you know, I think that the arts and the tourism can only benefit that and make it more appealing to the people that are working at Besser and Lafarge and all those things. You know, um, because it's my job, you know, I know I have all these numbers off the top of my head, but people don't realize that Thunder Bay Theater actually generates about $375,000 for our economy a year. That little rinky-dink theater that, you know, sits across from JJ's. Yeah. Um, well, I don't doubt it when I go, I can tell when there's a play going on. <laughs> exactly. And if you happen to you know, for lack of a better term, make the error of wanting to go to JJ's that night for dinner. Yeah. First of all, you can't find a parking spot. Not at all. And then, all. you know, it's, it's, there's just all that. So going in, on. in 2017, <laughs> we actually brought in just under 10,000 people to the theater in the year, which is absurd. You know, our, our theater of our size should not be doing that. Last year, our in-house numbers actually dropped a little bit to about 7,500, but that's also because we did the Bandshell performance, which was an estimated 2,000, 2,500 people, and our educational tour. So in total, our, our reach, our engagement actually went up to about 11,500 people last year with our educational tour. And that doesn't even count the 10,000 students alone that we covered just with our educational tour this year. Um, so the, the numbers don't lie. And, you know, um, without getting too much into the business side of, you know, the arts and things like that, you know, I'm a, I'm a nonprofit arts administrator. I know that I'm not going to be making, <laughs> you know, CEO money ever, even if I was working in Chicago. Um, but a lot of people don't know that, you know, the actors that they see in Hairspray and in Andy Get Your Gun and in those shows the actors that have gone and spent all their money on a four-year degree, they come to Alpena and they make $100 a week and we provide them housing. And that's the only way that we can promise that they come here. Yeah. You know, um, and selling Alpena to these kids, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I call them kids sometimes because I feel like, you know, dad in quotation yeah. marks, um, you know, but these are some of the best young professionals in the country who are on their path to being, you know, on Broadway. Uh, one of the young men who was in our very first summer core company is now touring the country in Book of Mormon, like, and, and the understudy for the lead. And four years ago, people could have seen him on our Thunder Bay theater stage for $15 a ticket. That's, you know, that kind of dissonance, you just, that you don't think about that. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that we're, that we're really looking at trying to fix. You know, we are able to bring in such talented people at this point in their lives for $100 a week. Imagine if we had the community support to offer them $200 a week. Imagine what could happen if we could offer them $300 a week, you know, which is still less than minimum wage a week. But for these, you know, for, for, for the lifestyle that we lead, you know, $300 a week in housing is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and that really comes through increased ticket sales, 
through, you know, as any nonprofit organization operates on, you know, donations and things like that. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say this, and obviously I have four jobs, so I think that people probably know, but next year, 2019, will be the first time in five years that I'm actually making more than minimum wage on a 40-hour week. And I don't say that, you know, to, it's just that's the reality. Yeah. And, and, and we love, when I say that we're making sacrifices, heck yeah, we are. <laughs> well, you know, but, but it's so important. Because it's so important for our high school students to be able to share the stage with actors of color who they don't, those role models don't, you know, exist in Alpina. And that's okay. But, you know, I think that it's the professional theater's job to to start those conversations and open those eyes and, you know, Hairspray, West Side Story, great story about racial inequality and, you know, um, violence and all those things. Hairspray only takes it one step further. Yeah. And to be able to share that with our community for free and to have True North Radio Network support us in that venture, I mean, that for me as an artist and as just an individual is why why I'm here talking to you on a podcast yeah. is because it's just so important. It, and, and, and it's awesome. It's yeah. truly, it truly inspires awe for me. The common thread of some, I guess – no, I don't want to speak for Brad, but sure. the common thread for the people that have been on this podcast for me that I absolutely love is, and I'm not going to name names, but they're all in. Okay? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they are all in, you know, <laughs> and um, to see that, it's awesome to know that, you know, I, I'm just freaking going for it. I'm putting myself out there yeah. and, I'm, and they're thriving. You know, and yeah. or they're doing, they're making it. I should say at least. You know, and um, I think there's some value in that to know that there's. A, I'm sure there's somebody right now that's listening. That man, I've always wished I would have asked that girl out, and they were hoping that maybe you know, um, Not just to go for it, yep, yep. to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm giving you side eyes, homie. So, um, and you know slanted, what? But that's slanted, slanted side eyes. So they go extra far. So. I mean, that's what we teach at the theater. You know, for our high school students and for our professionals, we actually. Uh, so we kind of developed this kind of manifesto over the over the last three years because, as a 23 year old, I had a lot to learn about how to run an organization and how to inspire people to wake up every morning knowing you're getting paid less than a dollar an hour to, you know, put on shows for a community that is not like their own. I mean, there's a lot of baggage in here. You know, when we're talking, uh, when we're talking to these young professionals about coming to Alpino, we let them know this is not like a normal job. You need to be ready to get on a cardboard boat and, you know, I was going to just talk about that. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll go back to, but you know, you need to be comfortable or you need to be at least ready and open to being at latitudes on, that's our favorite bar, uh, you know, on Friday night and receiving some derogatory terms or, you know, having, Oh yeah. Or or having people, (laughs) you, you know, you know, having people make you feel uncomfortable. And I say to them, I want you to know that that is not what our community is and that is not what our community represents. And there may be a few, but there is a far greater number of people who will stand up for you and fight for you. And I'm number one of them. Yeah. You well, know, and I think that's, you know, I was, I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to go there. I want you to get 35 people just so I could see you guys all climbing that cardboard boat. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we do our Fourth of July in Alpine is my favorite thing. The best thing. The, the best thing it's, about it's, it's, Alpine. It's the selling point every single summer. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter how much money you lose, no matter how hot you get upstairs, because everybody lives upstairs yeah. in the apartments upstairs. You know, twenty-eight people in six rooms. That's why I don't live there anymore. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I lived there for two years. It was more than enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
if, if nothing else, come up for for Fourth of July because it's just it's amazing. And um, they do a cardboard boat race. We um, the sanctuary yep. sponsors yep, it yep. here, and you're allowed to build a cardboard boat, and it's a probably a 200 yard river that you have to <laughs> yeah, get across yeah, and back. Yeah, and we've done it. You know, yeah, absolutely been a part of it. But um, you guys always do it great. I mean, <laughs> all the way from bringing the boat down to the river. Thank you. You know, I mean, the whole thing is, um, it's amazing. You know, again, it's, it's building community. Yeah. You know, um, and, I, and I keep saying it, but I really do mean it. If the professional theater is not going to do those things, then, then who will? You know, the professional theater who brings 28 young professionals from all over the country of all different backgrounds into this community. And we preach that we, you know, focus on love and communication and respect and then we don't become part of the community, then what are we doing here? Yeah. Then why are we wasting our time? Well, and I mean to bring it up as a, almost as a thank you, because oh, I'm well. sure that I, I'm sure there are people that watch it and love it and probably don't even bother saying anything. And you're just like, Oh, that's yeah. cute. But I truly appreciate it because it's Thanks. actually becoming part of the cardboard boat race. <laughs> and you know, when you said 35 people, the first thing in my head was like, yes, Yes, yeah. I want that so bad. Like thirty-five. Hey, people. last year's boat almost made it all the way back. We had quite the engineer last summer. Uh, this year, we were a little bit pressed for time. Yeah. Uh, boat made it about five feet in yeah. the water, and then it uh, went down. But you know what? They always have a great time, and we, we actually did not win the Titanic Award this year, and we're we're angry about it. I hope that Phil is listening. We're angry about it, and we're coming for it next yeah. year. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just we love doing it. You know. Um, you know, we love, we, we really, we love the community we're in and we understand the community we're in and we want to be part of the community we're in. So we know that we need to, we need to extend the hand. We yeah. need to cross the line, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, people are actively, and a lot of people are actively coming and saying, we want to be entertained by you. <laughs> so we need to say, well, we love that and we appreciate that. And we thank you for that. So I think that's one way that we do it. So hairspray. Yeah. So let's. First of all, I don't know many musicals. I'm not okay. going to say, oh, well, you know Hairspray. but I know Hairspray. Um, my wife took me to the movie, you know, and, um, and I've seen it. We've seen it. Uh, of course. I think, well, NBC did a live show. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty so, popular right now. Yeah, so I saw, I watched that. And then, of course, um, you know, we're looking forward to watching you guys of do course. it. So um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit? So True North Radio. Offers a summer concert series. Correct. It's not every Saturday, but it's pretty darn close to every Saturday. Absolutely. It's free to the community. Um, and we've had this summer, we've had, um, let's see, Tom Petty yep. cover band. The Beatles band the is Beatles always popular. Cover, the Beatles. Yeah. Magic Bus is amazing, which cool. they took a break from it this year. Hopefully sure. bring it back. But, um, and then last year, you guys did a West Side Story. Well, and, and so how that started was that last February, so February 2017, Someone on the Facebook page of True North said, hey, what are you guys, what should we do for shows? What should we do for concerts this year? So I just, again, you know, put on my, you know, salesman hat and called up Daryl, who I have a great relationship with. And I said, hey, Daryl, what do you think about us doing a musical on the Bandshell stage? It's big enough. We've got the cast. We do these shows in a concert setting now. Why don't, why don't you just hire us as an act and we'll make it happen? And he said, well, let me talk to everybody back in the studio and, and everybody, you know, and everybody came back and they said, sure, let's give it, give it a shot. Um, and we had no idea what to expect. You know, again, we know that we have our patrons who come to the theater every show. Love that. No idea what, you know, and especially West Side Story, which, you know, is racially charged, is, you know, a controversial musical in its own right. We were like, who knows what's going to happen? 
no idea. So we were just like, we're going to prepare. We're going to do the best that we can do. And we're going to just sell it. And we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And when those people came and they were over the hill and everybody was dead silent when Tony was shot yes. and, and cradled in Maria's arms, it was, it was surreal. I mean, that was like a huge moment of, oh, this is, we're supposed to be here. Like we, Paige and myself and our actors. And like, that was a really, one of those penultimate moments in, in, in my career where I was like, oh, I'm investing in the right place. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we're doing the right things. But the problem with that was then like, oh crap, how do we top it? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you yeah. do something better than West Side Story, which is like one of the penultimate. I mean, I mean, it's like the canon. It's the number one. So we sat back and we said, well, we really want these one weekend shows because we only do it for one weekend at the theater and then we take it to the band show. We said, we really want it to be a show that deals with some sort of controversy. You know, we want it to be a show that has meaning because if this is going to be the one time that we are performing in front of 2,500 people, we want to make an impact. We want to share our message. So we started thinking about it. And I mean, I love Hairspray. I mean, it's hard not to love Hairspray. Uh, when we were designing the show and conceptualizing the show, you know, the the, the phrase that I used to describe it was un, uh, indescribably, um, oh, I'm forgetting right now, it's right on my phone. Um, it's, it's indescribably appealing. Like you just can't describe why you love it so much. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we tried to do with this production. And, and this summer core company that we've assembled is the easily the most talented that we've had in the five years that I've been here. Uh, you know, feather in my hat, I think probably, you know, one of the most talented that's ever been at Thunder Bay Theater. And people, you know, are, are supporting that and saying that. So what I'm most excited about this year is that it is Hairspray, which people have now seen on TV. People have seen the motion picture that came out just a few years ago. So I'm hoping that now it's not just the parents and the adults that are coming to see it, but the whole family. Mm -hmm is coming to see it. And again, when they come see it, they're going to see a story about, uh, you know, um, overcoming segregation and overcoming, you know, uh, bias. And I mean, bias and body image. And I mean, there's so much in that musical to unpack and to dive into. And again, the fact that we have, you know, one of the biggest, you know, local supporters saying we believe in this and we want to do this. And, you know, uh, M bank for federal is always there with a the popcorn machine. I mean, it's just, that's what I think that, you know, we're talking about when we say this community can be an art town. Mm -hmm. The fact that we can get three to 4,000 people in a park watching a musical about social issues, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. So, have you seen Hairspray? <laughs> no. Okay. It's okay. Have we you intrigued will. you? Are you thinking about oh, it now? No. All right. I like it. He so, can open his door and he can hear it. Well, but he's going to go. He will. Exactly. It's, it's his, he doesn't know it, but it's his bag of tricks. So, hot, hot from the kitchen, live from the band show. Yeah, well, <laughs> that'd be. That would, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> we're not saying no. How's that? Okay. Um, oh, poop on a stick. What was I thinking there? So sorry, I went on a tangent. Oh no, no I, the I, date. Really the date. We need the uh, date. That's Saturday, it. August fourth. Yes. So uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, and it usually starts right at sundown. Right. Uh, and it is the full musical. We uh, we do it in a way that is a little bit uh, minimalized in terms of set and costumes and props. But uh, but it's still the full story, all the dancing, all the singing, and uh, the cast is dynamite. They are electric. I mean, we uh, we sold out ninety percent of the seats that we had available for our four performances at the theater. So that uh, that that speaks its weight and volumes. And the reviews of the people that went I, <laughs> on Facebook, I saw went through the roof. Everyone well, loved it. Good. So good. like, I'm excited for Alpina to Me be too. able to because I mean I think it's a it's 
got pace to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, know? yeah. So, it's not when you're going to fall asleep at. Yeah, so it's got pace to it. There's singing and there's dancing. And I'm also excited to tease that next year we've got an even bigger musical. We just found out that we got the rights for it. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, so we're we're planning on this being a staple for Alpina and for the band shell for, uh, for quite some time. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's funny because I was going to sit there and talk to you. I, th- I did think, like, man, we should, maybe we should do a – a segment of like what I'd like to see or what oh, Brad totally. would like oh, to yeah. see at the theater and just because yeah, how do for, I get Brad at the theater? Well, I, I, I like that idea. And, but what I mean by that is I don't mean Brad. But oh, what no. I mean, but but we mean but figurative Brad. Yeah, figurative Brad. Brad, because there's you know our community's filled with ten thousand Brads, twenty thousand Brads who you know maybe have thought about going in the theater and you but know, then they're like, eh, eh, I can go to Applebee's. Yeah, you know? or just you know whatever is going on and but it might be like. You know? Exactly, and I don't doubt for a minute that if he went down to hairspray, he would just be. Yeah, know, we would see him at every show. Yeah. So to the theater once I saw Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Oh, so it. there you go. I was I was the Beast. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I absolutely loved it because well, probably my favorite musical. There you go. What about Elf? Elf, it's on the list. It's it's on the list for the future. Absolutely, absolutely. That makes us happy. All right. That's one that I think you need to get Brad there. Another one that I've been hearing some echoes from uh, Mr. Scott Bays is uh, Young Frankenstein. So that's on the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, We do have uh, some Disney uh, options coming up down the pipe. So uh, yeah. we're excited. Yeah. My um, my sister, so my wife, Scott's twin brother, and uh, his wife, she's heavy in the theater. Okay. And um, she even got her husband, my brother, to be in a play, to have wow. a spot in school play. But um. I know she liked Wicked a lot. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so so that's all right. So we gotta we gotta do Wicked to get your sister along. Well, they live in Kansas, so I would hate to tell you we are going to be at the park for hairspray. She's cool. she was they weren't in town last time. But you yes, guys did it. Um, they're going to be home. That's going to be their last weekend in town. Amazing. And we actually have some friends coming up. So we're actually bringing the, our friends down to the park. So we're going to have like a whole group of us. So like, well, and the coolest thing about that is that that's when like all of the young professionals families come from all over the, all over the country. And that's the other really exciting thing about Thunder Bay Theater is that it's, it, it is, it's creating these pockets of people now who are going, wow, I went to Alpena to see my kid perform at Thunder Bay Theater. And I decided that I was going to stay and go for a day to Mackinac and a day over to Traverse City and then stay in Alpena. And now like I have some families who come back and they come back even when their kids are not here. Like they come back and they're just like, "Hey, we're seeing you again because we love the theater the first time," and and uh, it's really exciting. We uh, this summer we have a, a young lady who's uh, originally from Saginaw, so a lot of Saginaw folks have been coming up, and they said they're going to be coming back because of uh, the quality of the shows at the theater. So um, I think you know it, it's done. We've done all this in five years. I'm so excited to see where the theater is in five more years, yeah. and you know what kind of uh, what kind of a name and a pull we have for uh, people in the state and and people all over. I'm gonna send this text out. Hang on here. <laughs> you stop recording or no? That's all right. No, just keep. Uh, we'll do it live. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Just it's part of it. So my last thing. Um, you talked about the living conditions of your yeah, uh, yeah. your crew. Um, I know part of the reason that you've tr- started a capital campaign. Yes, yes, is a very to, important capital. Campaign. A very important capital campaign. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't. I thought we'd just touch on that I'd briefly. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, want, me the, to, want me to launch in? Yeah, let's go. I've got the stump speech already. All so, right, I got um, my nose pulled. I'm ready to jump in the good, water. Good, good. So, so uh, 
you know, a cat, this is the first capital campaign that Thunder Bay Theater has ever pursued because uh, we're in one of the first times in the 50 year history of the organization where we're actually in a position to ask for money to improve things rather than just ask for money to keep the lights on. So like, that's a great start. Um, although the organization is 51 years old, the building that we're in is actually was erected in the late 1890s. Right. And it has not had much work done to it, except for when it went from a general store to a candy and cigar factory uh, to a theater. So we've got probably about 125 years of, of you know, wear and tear going to going to town on that building. So we need to try and raise seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars over the next five years to effectively stay in that building for the next 50 years, which is what we want to do. We really right. want to stay at 400 North Second Avenue. We want to be one of the beacons of light and hope on the north side. You know, we really love what we have on Fletcher Street with the theater, with the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary and with the Fletcher Street Depot. Um, and so the, we, we've broken it up into five different phases. And phase one is renovations for our lobby, because that's the most important thing in terms of, you know, the patron experience. Uh, you know, hopefully the wall that really needs to be fixed, which is like $500,000 is not going to fall over tomorrow. And if it does, then we're going to be in a lot more trouble than, you know, right. than any money's going to be able to fix. Um, but so by the end of this year, by the end of December 3rd, by December 31st, 2018, we are hoping to raise $150,000 to completely renovate and gut our lobby. And what we really want to do is we want to reinstall these storefront glass windows that used to be there so that people can really see what's happening on these performance nights, not just see all the cars lined up. Um, and we're going to open the space wide open. We're going to put in new bathrooms, which are sorely needed in the theater. Um, and we're really lucky uh, because we've actually uh, just two weeks ago, we found out that the Besser Foundation, such a huge philanthropic group in the, in the community, uh, uh, granted us a $30,000 matching grant. Wow. So now we only need to raise $120,000. So that's huge, you know. That's awesome. Um, and then on top of that, actually, on Wednesday afternoon, we wrote a grant through the state. We're going to hear the review of that grant. Uh, and through personal donations and things like that, we've actually already raised about $25,000 through pledges and donations. So what we're trying to do is, is, is fortify our current patrons who know what's happening in the theater and love what's happening at the theater, but also inspire, you know, maybe the people who don't come as often or, or new patrons who are new to town or just have never been in the theater before and say, we want Thunder Bay theaters lobby to be one of those places that, you know, you're proud to be from Alpena and live in Alpena. You know, I think of art in the loft. I think of, you know, well, all of the center building, mm -hmm. you know, I think of, you know, um, I mean, everybody uses the Aplex, you know, over, you know, it, we want it to have its own unique feel, but we want it to be, you know, well, I'm proud that I go to, that I'm from Alpena because I have Thunder Bay Theater. You almost want it to be a tourist destination. Absolutely. Yes. And, and we believe that it's going to be. Yeah. Um, in addition to the bathrooms and the storefront glass window, uh, we're also in the process of uh, pursuing a liquor license for the theater so that people can, uh, Brad's eyes just perked up, so that we can, uh, you can drink <laughs> while you're at the theater, which I know would be really beneficial for a lot of our patrons. So um, we feel as though the theater is in a place in regards to community excitement and engagement that we're ready to start saying we want to be here we believe that we should be here but now we need some help to make sure that we can stay here yeah you know what i mean so the, the in the totality of the campaign we need to renovate the lobby we need to uh essentially fix the foundation of the wall on fletcher street because it's starting to cave in on itself as all of these old brick buildings will we so desperately need to replace all of the windows in the upstairs apartments because they are still the old like pulley and lever ones. And in the winter when we have actors up there into, you know, after Thanksgiving, those poor guys are just, you know, 
freezing their butts off. Um, and then we want to start an endowment fund so that, you know, we have the ability to do these things in the future. Uh, an endowment fund that will manifest. And, you know, if people want to specifically say, I believe in arts education, I want to endow the, the educational tour. You know, you put $5,000 in an endowment fund that pays for two or three shows every single year and then some. You know, endow the artistic director. You know, that ensures that I'm going to stay here for a while or, or you know, that, that this position is is compensated in a way that, you know, no one in who's the artistic director ever has to make less than minimum wage. Again, you know, yeah, Thunder Bay Theater, right. you know, things like that. Um, you know, and, and it's a process and it's a growing thing. But, uh, you know, the commitment from the Besser Foundation was a huge uh, feather in our cap and something that we're so humbled by and so grateful for because we know that, you know, if the Besser Foundation believes in what we're doing, then there's probably a lot of people in this community who also feel that way and who are, you know, excited about making another one of those spaces that can be a tourist attraction that people literally just walk in and go, am I still in Alpena? Is this, yeah. you know, is this, is, is this real? Um, and we believe that we can do that. So uh, one little thing that ties actually the hairspray performance and the capital campaign together is that we're going to be selling special limited edition sunglasses that have the Thunder Bay theater logo on them. And all of the proceeds from that are going to go right into the capital campaign. So we're really excited about that. And you're uh, doing that at Hairspray? At Hairspray, yeah. So we're going to have our, one of the little booths that we're allowed to have with our merchandise. And, you know, the sunglasses are going to be five bucks. You know, they're, they're, they're all multicolored and they've got the Thunder Bay Theater logo on them. And, you know, hopefully we can make, you know, quite quite a little bit of money uh, that way. And So we're going to sell those out. Is what we're uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I know that you're going to buy all of them just yes. so that that happens. But, yep. uh, but yeah, you know, uh, that's, that's everybody's option to, you know, even if you're a new Thunder Bay Theater patron or, you know, you want to see some of the work happen before it happens, it's a $5 donation. And one of the things we've actually been talking to a lot of capital campaign consultants so that we are successful. You know, we don't want to have a capital campaign that eventually doesn't finish. Materialize. Right, exactly. So uh, the one thing that they've been telling us is that we really need to focus on pledges or, you know, family giving. Um, and the coolest number that I think is easy to, you know, hang on to and grapple with is that if we can find 200 families or 200 households that are able to donate $50 a month for five years, so essentially, you know, 60 months, uh, that will mean that we can do almost the majority of our project without grant assistance. And we've already received $30,000 in grant assistance. So there's a strong possibility that if we can find those 200 families or individuals, we will have no problem you know, completing our capital campaign donation. And what I've been telling people is that I know $50 a month can be a lot of money for a lot of people, you know. Um, but if you think that you can do $5 a month, if you can buy 60 pairs of sunglasses and you find nine other friends who can also buy 60 pairs of sunglasses, then all of a sudden we've got, you know, 2,000 people yeah. who are donating $5 a month for 60 months and then and then we still accomplish our goals. Yeah. Well, I can tell you with our 100 Heroes campaign we did the United Way. Absolutely. That, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, we're kind of piggybacking off oh, of yeah. that a little bit, yeah. you, know, but, and you know. But that's a great – sometimes, you know, when you have this large sum of money and someone like me looks at it and yeah. says, man, I, there's nothing more I love to do at the theater, but I don't have $750,000. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but when sometimes when you make it this little small tidbit where it becomes manageable, like, you know, I can I can do that. This town is first everybody runs to it. Well, and, then, and we and we want to excite the community. You know, I uh, actually next year to really try and raise the big funds for the for the wall, mm -hmm. which is the biggest part part of the job. I mean, literally, that's seventy five to eighty percent of the job, and it's the least sexy part of the job because you know nobody really wants to say, "Well, I donated a whole lot of money to fix that wall." Well, they, it's like buying a roof for your house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So, but next year uh, we're launching the, we're going to sell all the seats in the theater and everything mm -hmm. to really try and, you know, raise a hundred thousand dollars to match that, you know? Um, so we've got lots of plans of how to keep people engaged. And if people want to give smaller amounts all throughout the five years, that's totally how we plan on making it happen. You know, as is the case with anything in this community, it's all about broad community support. We can't just have one little group of people trying to take care of, you know, the thing, the, the service organizations, you know, yeah. that, that are, that I think are keeping this, this community afloat. Well, that's awesome. It is. So you going to go to Hairspray now? Yeah, that's good. And you're going to get, and you're going to get a cool pair of sunglasses yeah. too out of it. You still wear the paddle for pine sunglasses. I've got to wear them at the same time. Oh, that's not a bad idea. So hey, I'm the artist. That's the, the last thing I guess I want to just give you a chance to yeah. push out there is how if they're listening, if someone's listening right now and they're like, sure. man, I really want to, I don't want, I want help. Yeah. How can they? Get, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Sure. Honestly, the best thing to do is to just give us a call at the theater. Okay. Call me. Uh, you know, the official director Molly is our managing director. She's sitting there. Uh, you know, 1230 to 430, Tuesday through Saturday. We just want to talk to people. Like, we just love talking about the art and, you know, how we're really making an impact in this community. Uh, just this past month, actually, we released our strategic plan for the next five years. That's online. It talks about how we plan on continuing to grow our education, grow our capital campaign, grow our operating budget. I mean, really, you know, take the steps that an organization like ours goes from, you know, a small town you know, a little hoot nanny to, you know, uh, uh, an organization that is respected throughout the state and throughout the country. Um, if anybody, you know, is saying I'm ready to donate to the capital campaign, the community foundation is actually running our entire capital campaign. Okay. So you can go right to them, talk to Patrick, talk to anybody down there. And, uh, you, they, they have, they have our pledge cards. We can get everybody all squared away. If you want to do $5 a month, $15 a month, $50 a month, $500,000 a month. I mean, whatever people have available, uh, you know, we're, uh, we know that we still have work to do in making this town a Thunder Bay theater town. And we just want to meet everybody where they're at and, you know, extend that hand and say, hey, we're here. We want to serve you. We want to be part of your family. You know, how can we how can we do that? Awesome. So I think that we're let the dust settle on that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, I hope this will help maybe just. Get the ball rolling a little bit. Well, I think I'll probably share it on our Facebook, too. Yeah. You know, everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, awesome. That's All how right. it works. Great. All right. So, we're going to do our top five now. And our top five this week is top five Philly sports moments. That's right. So, uh, Jeff is here is a huge Philly fan, as we discussed earlier. And normally, historically, Brad and I would uh, do our due diligence and researching. But when I heard this, I was the first thing that came to my head was like, I do not know anything about Philadelphia sports, really, other than I am a big JJ Reddick fan who of jo course. joined the 76ers. He's got so, his own podcast. Yeah, he's got his own podcast. So there's a whole bunch of reasons that I love that man, but we don't, that's a different time for a different discussion. So I mean, like, probably your favorite Duke player? Like, oh, I mean, he's got to be yeah. top five. Easy, easy, right? easy. Yes. So Steve would do some odd things to that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I did is I have like three, four friends that are Philly fans. Sure. Really big Philly fans. Chris Lanciano used to be nice digger here. Okay. And then I, he lived here for a little while, and then he moved out, and now he's a he's a police officer in Philadelphia. Oh, amazing. Okay. So he's a huge Philly fan oh, yeah. himself. Um, Mark Rotz, who okay. worked here in Lafarge, huge Penn State fan, and. Oh. Um, 
Well, how about that Michigan, the Michigan game this past year? That, that wasn't really, very uh, good. That was um, pretty great. That was my, in my, house in a good way. my wife's um, had a yearly party here. And anyways, we don't need to get into that. So, And the <laughs> other person I got from Philadelphia that is, I know is a good sports fan is Al Forsythe. I met him through my uh, brother. Okay. He, he uh, teaches out in Kansas, and he met this really great group of people. And um, I got to know Al just through him. Sure. So I brought in Al. So Al, you there? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to do this five backwards, and you're going to be me. So what I'm going to do here is um, I'm going to start you off with your number five moment, and then I'll just kind of moderate this whole thing. Okay. All right. Sounds great. So number five. Uh, My number five is maybe not a great Philly sports moment, but it's my number five, actually my funniest Philly sports moment. So um, I remember about maybe eight years ago, it was a uh, Philadelphia Eagles football game on TV, and Andy Reid was the head coach. Oh, no. And, yeah, back then. And the announcers actually – stop talking about the football game they start talking about Andy Reid when he was a kid and apparently when he was about 12 years old he was in the national punt pass and kick contest in 1971 and they showed the footage of Andy Reid throwing a football during the punt pass and kick contest and he was about 100 pounds and maybe 15 inches taller than every kid in his age group (laughs) to me that was definitely a very memorable moment. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. See, that that alone let me know I've made the right decision. I would not have come up with anything like that. So um <laughs> number number five, Brad. That's probably a bad idea to do this for me, but my number five is the Eagle fan who ate poop off the street last year. <laughs> you really you really make me feel great about myself right now. That's uh that's really bad. It gets better. <laughs> All right. 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 Number five, Jeff. Okay, so all of my stuff is like after 2000 and above because, like, that's really when I was a sports fan. I mean, in 2000, I was 10 years old. Um, So, you know, I mean, like, I even have some honorable mentions. We can cover those after the fact. I have honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So my number five moment was uh, in 2000, the Flyers were playing – I don't even remember. Uh, They were playing the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, or maybe it was the Penguins, in the playoffs. And there was a five overtime goal. And like we were almost winning at the end of regulation. And then Keith Primo put one in uh, in the fifth overtime. And it, I mean, as a 10 year old, you get to stay up that late and watch that game and then watch, you know, one of these old guys. It wasn't Eric Lindros, it wasn't John LeClaire. I mean, for him to be able to put that in, it was, it was mind blowing for a 10 year old. So that was my number five. Primo was a former Red Wing. So. He was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's been everywhere. We like that. So, all right. Number. Four, Al. Number four is very sentimental to me because I was actually at this event and a lot of people might not know about it because uh, it was during the regular season, so it didn't really mean a whole lot. But uh, my brother took me to this game, a Phillies game. It was in 2008, and they were playing the Toronto Blue Jays. It was, I think, the opening weekend for interleague play. And Jason Wirth was on the Phillies at the time, and he was one of the younger guys. And he actually, uh, I've never seen this in my life, his first time up to bat, he hit a three-run home run. I remember that. And 
then his next time up the bat, he hit a grand slam. Yep. And then his next time up the bat, he hit a solo home run. So he had three consecutive home runs with eight RBIs. And uh, that was just amazing to me. So I was actually there. So uh, that, that definitely is one of my or my number four moments. Is that how you lost your hair? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not quite. <laughs> All right, number four, Brad. Pretty impressive. All right, number four is Roy Holiday pitched a no-hitter in the playoffs. Yeah. Amazing moment. Told you it got better. Made me cry in college. <laughs> it, oh, man, it was awesome. It was so good. I miss Philly. I'm serious. I'm a huge Philly fan. Like, I remember all these like really, really well. Okay, number four for me uh, is is the process. Okay. Every Hinky and Nerlens Noel – and Michael Carter Williams and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It has just been awesome. And, uh, you know, Hinkie should still have his job. And, you know, the playoffs this year was so sweet. And hopefully Markel Fultz comes back and then we reign over the East now that LeBron's gone. Uh, the process has definitely been my number four top uh, Sixer moment. And I've been a Sixers fan since Iverson. So, like, I've been through the garbage heap. Yeah. Jeff, I have one very important question for you. Yes, sir. Do you miss Spencer Haas? I was Spencer Hawes when we signed him. <laughs> I was the white guy standing in the corner dropping bombs and not doing anything else in every single one of my rec games. I love Spencer Hawes. Agent double zero. I wore double zero the entire time he was on the roster. Oh, I love Spencer Hawes. So the answer is yes. Excellent. Can I actually give you another Sixers story? So when I was still in college, I actually auditioned to be the uh, the PA announcer, and I made it to like the top 12. <laughs> it was it was right when they traded for Bynum, and uh, so like I mean I was the only kid there. I was like you know in my twenties, and and they eventually gave it to the same guy. But literally, it they invited all of us down to the stadium, and we got to be on the loudspeaker. And when Andrew Bynum came up, I went Andrew Bynum, and I watched the owners all go and turn around and look at me, <laughs> and then they just kept going. And then they gave us like a sheet of all the officiating things, and I like got like only half of them right, and then they told me I could go home. But uh, but that was a pretty awesome story. In the Wells Fargo Center, I got to just clown around on the uh, on the PA mic. So Spencer Haas, which I get. So does that mean TJ McConnell now is taking that spot for you guys? I love TJ, but McConnell's not a center. No, <laughs> thank you, Al. Thank you for correcting him. Uh, you know, I like TJ, but I, I've never really connected with the with the spunky guys because you know I'm big and kind of laboring on the floor. So um, Amir Johnson was really my guy this year. Like you know, just you never really know that he's there, but you know he's got a cool name and he's putting in like eight minutes. So uh, yeah, former Detroit Pistons. former Pistons. Yeah, See, there you go, the connection. I try yeah. to stay true to my roots now. <laughs> All right, Al, we're getting in rarefied air. Number three. Number three. So from hearing these moments sounds like uh, Jeff and I are pretty close to the same age, so he'll probably remember this one. Uh, World Series 2009, Cliff Lee's on the mound. Oh. It's about the eighth inning, yep. and he, get, he gets a grounder beamed to him, straight at him. And what does he do? He puts his glove hand behind his back Snags and it. grabs the ball. Throw it. out at first base. I will never forget that. It's brilliant. It was brilliant. Wasn't that also the playoffs when uh, when there was a, a high pop and he just like threw his hand out and it just like fell in his glove and we were all like, what a what, what a what a narcissist. That was that was earlier in the game. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. 
that second World Series against the Yankees. Yep, yep. I have been so happy with my decision to call you right now. Oh, this um, is great. I'm, like, living my dreams right <laughs> yeah. now. This so is really I, I definitely made the right decision. So number three, Brad. Uh, number three for me is Will Chamberlain scores 100 points in the game. Yeah, you weren't alive, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> alive. I'm not a Philly fan. So what can I say? Yeah, we all remember Wilt. We've all seen the picture. But uh, my number three is also a Sixers moment. In the 2001 playoffs against the Lakers when Allen Iverson stepped over Tyron Lue. Do this one. <laughs> Dude, oh my gosh. When he stepped over Lou, I think I did that on every single playground for like 10 years. Me being my big old, again, Spencer Hawes looking like, you know, dude, trying to recreate Allen Iverson and just, oh, my gosh. When he stepped over him. He dipped into my honorable mentions. Oh, see, the honorable mentions. There we go. There we go. All right, Al. Number two. Oof. Number two has to be, and I know, I, I know, you know, Philly sports moments, we're probably assuming professional sports, but I need to get to Villanova here for a second. Honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Villanova, uh, two years ago, 2016, yep. national championship. You probably know, Steve, because you're a Duke fan, so this might make you happy. Uh, the buzzer beater for the national championship against North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, After getting yeah. beat by North Carolina at the buzzer two years earlier, when Ray, oh my gosh, I'm Al, I'm right with you, man. Oh. <laughs> I was actually um, in Dallas, Texas, visiting Allison's mom when that happened. So I do remember that. Fantastic moment, and uh, Jay Wright is just the best coach on the planet. He's so. literally the best. Well, he's definitely probably the handsomest and with the best dress. <laughs> He is attractive. He is uh, definitely – He is, yeah. He's everything – if you ever wanted to be a metrosexual, that is um, – he is the poster child for that. So, And for those of you from Michigan, yes, Villanova is in Philadelphia. So <laughs> right in the heart. <laughs> All right. Number two, Brad. All right. That was on my list too, Al, so I should make up for my number three. But number two <laughs> – when the fans threw snowballs at Santa. It's just a it's, blemish on our record. It's going downhill from here. Boy. All right, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> because I can counter that with, you know, the Phillies World Series in 2008. I was a freshman in college. I remember watching J-Roll hit the ball off the bottom of the wall and then Matt Stairs home run, which is my number one honorable mention. And then I got to go to the parade in college. <laughs> and as a freshman, to be part of a, of, a, of a World Series parade for the first time in forever, man, man. Crazy. Walking right down Broad Street, people jumping from roofs. I mean, it was just insane. So good. So, and I, can I go out on a limb here and guess that you both probably have the same number one, Al? Fly, go fly. Oh, I'm, my number one actually was the Allen Iverson over Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you work, Al. I was I was I was about eleven years old when that happened, and oh, wow, I've never seen it. anything so disrespectful in my life. That was so cool. And, uh, that was just probably the most dirty, amazing thing I've ever seen. Awesome! It was amazing. So, Brad, number one. My number one is Allen Iverson too, but it's not them stepping over Tyron Lue. Practice. Practice. Oh, practice. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. So uh, my number one is obviously the Eagles Super Bowl. I was uh, the drunkest man in Alpena that night. I was uh, they Crisco'd the uh, the light post for me, 
Uh, there's definitely some, uh, there's some video floating around the internet that, uh, I'm glad I don't know where it is. My wife is going to blackmail me with that for the rest of our lives together. Yeah. Um, I want everybody to know I drank 12 yinglings that night and I'm proud of it, uh, because it was amazing. And I look forward to doing it again this February when we win our second Super Bowl. Uh, it was, I don't, I don't do that a lot. I'm usually pretty even keel, but, uh, man, because I was behind the Doug Peterson hiring from the start, and last year everybody was like, oh, Doug Peterson, he's just an Andy Reid clone. And I was like, give it some time. Give it some time. I love the Carson Wentz trade. Love the pick. I was behind this every single step of the way. Hated Chip Kelly. Totally on board. And then for him to give everybody a big old piece of humble pie, it's awesome. Andy Reid also provided 1,600 NFC championship games. And I sweated through every single one. Terrell Owens. Donovan Pukin, the Falcons get off. Oh my gosh. The Buccaneers. Oh, that was so brutal. <laughs> so my honorable mentions were the Matt Stairs home run number one, both Villanova championships, because the one they won in 85 was also just ridiculous. Um, Iguodala in the playoffs when uh, Doug Collins was still the coach and he jumped up on the table after beating the Celtics. That was yeah. insane. And the day that the Phillies traded for Roy Oswalt and we had the four aces in Halliday Hamels, uh, Lee and Oswalt, that was like yeah. kid in a candy store because I would always play my baseball games on PS4 and I would always be the one who was like making the ridiculous trades that nobody ever wanted and then I would just start a new season over again and never play any of the games. When that happened, I lost my mind. It was just like, and, and to be in, you know, in and around Philadelphia when you had those four starting pitchers, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it was amazing. It will never happen again. Never ever. Nope. So, uh, you got your honorable mentions here, Al? mention 2015 playing against the Patriots uh, Malcolm Jenkins Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins sorry took six from their own end zone to beat the Patriots um, once again regular yeah. season games so it's an honorable mention um, another one Michael Vick just came back I think it was 2010 yeah Michael Vick comes back against the Redskins throws an 88 yard touchdown pass to the song. Um, on the first play of the game, uh, definitely amazing. a memorable play. And uh, also Brad's uh, Allen Iverson practice bit, definitely very memorable. Well, hey, I just want to thank you for um, making me look really smart right now. You're today. welcome to Alpina whenever you want, man. We need to do this, though. We, all four of us, we need to do at least one Detroit sports moment right now. <laughs> oh, like my all-time favorite Detroit sports moment? Yeah, I have one in the bank right now. Well, you go. That gives me a second to think. Okay. Um, I remember watching a game a few years ago. It has to be probably at least five years ago because it involves Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers. Um, Jim Harbaugh had just beaten the Lions, and I believe Jim Schwartz was the coach. And it might have been the Thanksgiving game. I can't remember. No. Um, you got you guys know where I'm going with this. I do. Jim Schwartz goes to shake Jim Harbaugh's hand. Jim Harbaugh slaps his hand and jogs right past him. And Jim Schwartz goes after him like he's about to do some damage. I yeah. love that. So, for me, it's either two moments. It's either Vinny Johnson hitting the 007 game winner for our second NBA championship. Or 
Steve Eiserman hitting the overtime shot against St. Louis. So it's one of those two. Both are in playoffs. Both had, you know, both eventually led to us, I believe, winning championships. So um, off the top of my head. But there's lots. My honorable mention list is quite extensive. Magalillo walk up home run in 2006 playoffs to the World Series. Wow, that was also amazing. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Any distance championship. Yeah. Well, I mean, the top five, Isaiah playing on a bum ankle in the year before where we didn't win it. That'd be well, big. should have. Yeah. Um, man, there's a lot. So I've got, an, I got another special uh, – mention in this that has nothing to do with Detroit, a little bit to do with Philadelphia. Way back in, I think, 2015, one of the only two seeds to ever upset a 15 seed was the Lehigh Mountain Hawks over the Duke Blue Devils. My roommate, my, my, my best friend from college, whose wedding I'm going to this weekend, was Clutch, the mascot. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I went to the sales, and Lehigh was right down the road in Bethlehem, and, you know, we would go and, you know, party a lot. Um, but also... In our senior year of college together, uh, every year Lehigh would schedule a uh, an away game for one of the graduating seniors. And the year that we were seniors, it was actually at Michigan State. So, and it was over Christmas break. So they told my buddy that he could come and be a game uh, one of the game managers, and he could bring any friend as long as we made our own travel. So me and my buddy hopped in the car with a little Lehigh ch- uh, stool for uh, for the coach. And drove all the way to Michigan State, sat state uh, uh, sideline for the Izzo, watched Izzo get teed up, and the coach for Lehigh get teed up. Stayed at the team hotel. It was amazing. So that's also a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool Lehigh uh, Michigan State story. It was, a, it was an amazing experience. I remember when uh, Lehigh beat Duke. They had that Gabe Knutson. He was a Knutson baby. Yep, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. He was. Uh, he was awesome, and that was still the CJ year. C.J. McCollum, who's playing with the Trailblazers right now. I mean, that was uh, – Okay, I'm a, I'm a big Bucknell fan, so I remember going back and forth there a little bit. Okay, Al, my be- my other best friend from high school, his sister played D1 field hockey, and me and my buddy who went to Penn State, we would literally drive up to Lewisburg every single Saturday and put on all of our Bucknell gear and cheer for Division One field hockey. That's fantastic. <laughs> I got, I got, I almost got kicked out of the American League playoffs because I had a cowbell, and they told me I wasn't allowed to have it. <laughs> wow! That yeah, is great. Yeah, I need to, I need to meet you in person. Now. <laughs> I, I, I concur. So, when you come up next time, we'll, uh, I'll make sure we we'll all get together. It. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for calling in, Al. Absolutely. Hey, guys, good talk to you. All right, buddy. Nice meeting you, buddy. Yeah, miss your face. Leave hey, that was a pretty good projection right there, Brett. Okay. Which brings up our next point. So we uh, had to jump into the. T- I had to jump a segment because I had Al waiting, and I knew I was going to sure. do that. So what we will do now? It's exercise time, and I'm excited. Alrighty. So go ahead. You can take a break, and then. We'll- So, historically in our podcast, I don't think we're having this problem today, really, so it's kind of weird that we're doing it. However, we have had some sound quality issues with you, Brad. 
Brad has been quiet in some podcasts. Well, I can even tell that he's quiet right now. Yeah. Just, I can feel that. I can sense that. Yeah. Right, so what I – one of the things, I'll be honest – I was hoping because you have a great voice. Well, thank you. Unbelievable. I've heard Based you. Based for radio. Well, um, you did the chamber dinner. <laughs> you yes. emceed that. So um, I thought you would be, and since you do direct and give feedback to and help people improve Absolutely. stage presence and all that stuff, I thought this would be a great opportunity to maybe pick up a couple tips for Brad. I love this. And um by the See, way, I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you won't have much of a choice, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, and you're just along for the ride. So I could kick you out of my house. Well, that's not going to happen. Well, you got really loud right there. So clearly, when you're passionate about something, you uh, you know how to project. It's yeah. Good. So good. so then maybe it's just trying to figure out what you're that really is. Passionate about yeah. It, yeah. So um, by the way, if you happen to have any, you know, single ladies in the in wow, the, um, Brad's single and ready to mingle. So okay, uh, a lot of those in Albany. Yeah. So yeah. if you just happen to, you know. Or maybe they're friends of you, and they're now they're going to listen. Oh, um, that's you know. true. You, your viewer should probably go up by like two people after this. So, well, my mom and uh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> no, so. my mom will listen to this, and she will love it, and she'll tell all of her friends about it back in Pennsylvania. And uh, so, hi, mom. That's for you. Yeah. So I probably need to tell really quick. The last person was Al Forsyth. Okay. And um, I don't really even know where he's from, but he's teaching in Virginia now. Okay. And he is he grew up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um. He's just a cool dude, obviously. Seems like it, yeah. yeah. So um, he came home last summer and he got he had the true Alpino Fourth of July. Experience. Amazing. He was one of the him and Allison's brother did the glass or uh, the cardboard boat. Yeah. So yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's that. So it's sometimes you'd be surprised. Maybe you know somebody that knows that. Oh well, yeah. All of a sudden it's a small world because yeah. things, things like all right, that. All right, we'll work on it. So all right, Brad. All right. You. So the floor is yours, Jeff. Okay. So when you breathe, where do you take an air? Breathe through my nose and try to start in the stomach. Try to start in the stomach. So do you know what that's called? That's your diaphragm. There's a big muscle right here, right underneath your rib cage. Now, if you'll watch mine, but I've been doing this for just a few more years than you have, when I breathe in, it's going to fill up. See that? And that's why I can talk like this for pretty much forever because it just is filled. So that's what you want to try and do. So posture has a really big thing to do with it. I've noticed that you've uh, gotten a little bit uh, more tired as the evening has worn on. Uh, now, Steve... Right? Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> I said Jacobson in my head. I yeah. was like, oh, is it Jacob? No, no, no. no. <laughs> so you, you got to watch his posture okay. because the best way to uh, work on projection is to take care of one another. Accountability. Okay. So uh, you're going to want to sit straight up in your chair. This is what we do when we're singing or when we're speaking. And when you breathe, you really want to breathe into that diaphragm. And you can even put your hand there and feel it fill up. And then when you release, you'll feel it go back down. So you can actually practice that, like when you're sleeping at night or, uh, you know, when you're not bored at work. Yeah, just practice that breathing in and out, either in and out. And then when you get that going, the production of sound is actually just the continual flow of air, right? So, like, I can hold a note for... Uh, See how like I made it even louder there? Yeah, so that's based on where you place it. So when you place your sound, where do you do you even know what that means when I say place your sound? My clue. Great. So uh, you have all of these bones right here, right? That's where the resonance comes from. A lot of my words and a lot of my voice is placed in the front of my mask. That's a pointing term. to his, yeah forehead. Pointing to my face, kind of giving myself goggles. And, you know, you've got this big, all of us have this big, nice, you know, bone, at, which is our forehead. And that's where a lot of singers, you know, will try to place their notes, either out of the top of their head, again, the skull, 
all of that, you just want all of that noise to bounce around that, you know, your skull, your bones. Um, so that's kind of what you want to do. You want to breathe deep, you know, hold it, like kind of push against it, and then really try to bring it out. So what I'm hearing from you is that you kind of keep your voice a little bit back here, yep. a little bit back here. If you can try to literally visualize bringing your voice and your sound coming out of your forehead, you're going to sound like a different person. You want to try that? You can just do it on ah. We can hear your singing voice too. Maybe put you in hairspray. Uh, See how loud that is? Yeah. Now he ran out of air because he got a little nervous, and that's I just, okay. I just stopped. He's, oh, he stopped. He stopped. He's a man of his own agency. He doesn't need. To, he doesn't need no, nothing from nobody. Okay? I don't need to show off. Exactly. Exactly. So, so clearly he knows what I'm talking about because he's acting like he's done it before. Really yeah. good way to work on your diction is to chew the alphabet. What do you think that means? I'll tell you. Chewing your alphabet is literally saying each letter of the alphabet, but saying it with as much like craziness in your mouth as possible. So I'll demonstrate. A B C. D. Can you try that? Yes, you will. A. Beautiful. B. <laughs> keep going, keep going. You've only got through two. A. D. Great. Do you see how much louder that is, though, too? Yes. Yeah? So, obviously, when you're speaking regularly, as you are, uh, you know, you don't want to sound like that all the time, but that's where now you know where to place it, and now you know where most of that breath is going to be coming from, and using your bones as resonators is really going to help you uh, provide the kind of quality that you want for your patrons, right. for your listeners. All right, I'll work on it. And that's just an example of the kind of educational work you can get at Thunder Bay Theater. It's amazing. That was everything I thought it was going to be, so... We didn't do any of the floor exercises, but we can do that when I'm on the podcast next time. Yes, okay. I was going to say, come back... <laughs> We'll, we'll check in. We'll have a progress report well, maybe in a month. Yes, and what I think we can do is when we do that, we've been live trying to figure out. We've been Periscope. trying to figure out right yeah. the right right moment to be live, Ooh. and that would be it. And that would yeah. be it. So we'll yeah. make sure that we'll give the everything will be nice and tidy. We'll help right. you find yeah. like the the best positions to find the most resonance in your body. It'll be great. Right. Oh man, we are so in. You're in. Yes, hundred percent. Let's do it. So, All right, commitment to the cause. I like it. So now, kind of a new segment I was going to introduce. We kind of already done it, but sure. um, I thought we'd ask what you guys are doing this weekend. You're going to a wedding. I am. Yeah, I've got quite a weekend lined up for me. So uh, Thursday morning, I fly out of Detroit and get to Philadelphia an hour and a half before the rehearsal dinner. Go to the rehearsal dinner, uh, stay over in my buddy's place for the wedding Friday. And then Saturday, I'm actually going to New York City with my parents, and we're going to go see two shows. We're going to go see SpongeBob, the musical, and then we're going to go see uh, Come From Away, which I'm really excited about. Whenever I'm on the East Coast, I try to get into New York City just because, you know, I'm a theater artist. So I try to, you know, see what, you know, the, the most commercial, you know, theater is. And then Sunday, I'm going to a minor league baseball game with my dad, uh, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the AAA affiliate for the uh, Phillies. And then uh, Sunday night, I'm having dinner with my mentor from college. And then Monday, I'm back on the plane to uh, teach our summer camp starting next week. Man, I'm exhausted just listening <laughs> to that. That's a pretty easy weekend for me about five years ago. Now now that I'm on Alpina time and Alpina pace, I'll probably be like passed out by the second show on Saturday night. I When I was down, I was talking to my buddy this yeah. weekend. He lives in Detroit and we were golfing. And I said, you know, the allure of downstate is fun. Since I lived in both, I, oh, yeah. I, I spent my summers in uh, Detroit growing up. Cool. So I know what that fast pace is like, but I have just lived in Alpena so long. I'm just used to just the pace of what it is here. Absolutely. I mean, I love that I don't have a commute anywhere. You know, I love that I can uh, leave my house 10 minutes before work and get there five minutes early. Um, 
you know, it's uh, especially being from the East Coast, because like I'm sure Detroit was, you know, fast paced, but like East Coast people don't sleep and people don't eat. You know, America really does run on Duncan. And it's yeah. because you're just trained to like go, 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 go. Which is part of why I think the Thunder Bay Theater is on the trajectory that it's on, because, you know, I'm still the big city dude from, you know, just, you know, doing it in, in Alpena. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you. Whenever I was on acting contracts all over the country uh, and I would like work with people, you know, uh, one gentleman very specifically uh, went to uh, is from Alabama, from Birmingham, and we were doing Shakespeare together. And he could not have been more polar opposite than me. And we would make fun of each other all the time for our stereotypes. So, you know, I would always, he would always say, hey, do you know who I am? P-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. And I would always be like, roll tide. Yeah. And we just yelled at each other, like when, you know, we're trying to educate students. I mean, after the show. Uh, so uh, it's really amazing how the geographical stereotypes are true of people from all over the country. Yeah. I, um, I have some good friends that are from the Alabama area. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I, I had to learn from them was... I talk fast because it's just how in you especially talk fast. Cause oh yeah. It's from where you're at. It's geographical and they do not talk fast. So what I found, I didn't know I was doing it at the time, but I was talking over them because we're the first to the punch, right? That's how Absolutely. we are. We're like, yep. Hey, blank space. Zoom. I'm going to get in there. What I have to tell you is more important than anything else that has to be said ever. Yeah. Yep. And so I, and with great projection. Yes. And I learned that I had to back off a little yeah, and just yeah. give that space to say for her to come in and be like, Hey y'all. Oh, I definitely that. love the Midwest pace of, yeah. of life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I miss the fast pace every now and then, but I like, like it for a weekend and then I come back to, uh, to where we're at. So, uh, Brad, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I don't have anything planned. I do plan on running Saturday morning. Maybe watch the movie of hairspray to prepare for next week. Maybe we'll see. I might, depending on the weather. Take my kayak out, finally. Mm, I like that. Or if it's bad weather, I might go to Saginaw and get some morning shoes. Ooh. What are you doing, Steve? So um, I know that, that there's concert in the park this Saturday. Um, I'm it's, I'm not scheduled to work it since I got to the next two. Sure. But we might swing down there, depending on what's going on. It's Rod Stewart and Brian Adams. Mm. So who doesn't want to hear Summer 69? I mean, right? So, my anthem in middle school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's going on. I got to work Saturday morning. And then Sunday – we're thinking about going to Mackinac. I don't know if cool. that's going to happen or not. We're right into the abyss. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. Do you have anything going on this weekend around town? Annie Get Your Gun opens on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So the next production, uh, you know, before we go into hairspray mode next week, uh, Annie Get Your Gun opens on Wednesday and runs uh, every night at 7.30 and then Sunday afternoon at 2. Awesome. Yeah. Go to the theater. Well, hey there. Of course, he'd go when I'm not there, so I can't check on him and make sure that he's, you know, coming. <laughs> a lot of people like to sneak in like that. I'll take a picture for you. Oh, cool. Post it on the Facebook. I think stuff. there's a movie Friday night. Is there? And the, in the park, but I don't know what it is. People who say there's nothing happening in Alpena are just not looking. <laughs> it's, just, just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. There's so much so going on. I'm 99% sure there's a movie in the park, but I don't remember what it is, so I apologize. I wonder what was the last one. It was Wonder Woman, but I don't know what this one is. So there's yeah. a movie in the park Friday. Oh, it's the last Friday of the month. So that also means there's art walk going on downtown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's art walk. There's the movie. And then there's concert at the park Saturday. So really, I mean, plenty going on. And obviously then there's Annie Get Your Gun. Right. So I know my family has been talking about going into that. So my cool. my in-laws, my mom and dad were talking about going to see it. So Great. Uh, one more time. Hairspray in the park. August 4th. Starts at sundown. 
come on out, support the theater, support the capital campaign with your $5 sunglasses to help block out the sun uh, and meet us and get to know us a little bit better and, you know, be wowed by that performance. Uh, Andy Get Your Gun runs July 25th through August 12th. Uh, we do have two late night cabarets coming up. There's a late night cabaret on Friday night. Have you ever been to one of those? I wanted the last one. And do you think you have just one last week? Uh, yeah, we do five in the summer. In okay. the spring and the fall, we do one. Uh, the one last week was at Art in the Loft. And yes. This one's going to be uh, John A. Lousy again. Okay. Yeah, the one uh, we thought about going last Friday, but we had to get up really early Saturday. I know. And I, I saw that the start time was 1030. And we were like. I go to bed and in my old age. Like, I know, I know. Now, I know. We're trying to like, shake Alpine up a little bit. Yeah, but so that's this Friday? Yep, this Friday. Yep, right after the performance. So you can, Friday night can be a whole night of theater for you, Brad. Could be. We'll see. Oh, man. You get Alpine Maybe Pablo. Maybe single ladies right there? Yep. Yeah. If they're single ladies, he's in. I oh, okay. I just know You got a wingman? Yeah. Well, no, I'll just, me and Alice will come along and just, you know, just get them all liquored up and watch them yeah. make bad decisions. I mean, that's oh. what it's all about, so. I'm not getting liquored up. Okay. Well, we can discuss. <laughs> responsible, <laughs> yeah. responsible member of this community. So, all right. Too old to be getting liquored up. <laughs> so, Jeff, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me, man. This has been episode. great. Thanks. Um, Don't forget your swag. 100%. Oh, thank you for yeah. the stickers. Yeah. Thunder Bay Theater bumper stickers. 100% has exceeded my expectations. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I appreciate it. Again. And then, um, can't wait to have you on again. Absolutely. Yeah, Sounds so. great. All right. All right. Anything I say, Brad? Next week, we've got Jackie Crotchet. <sighs> That's right. Another great interview. Next week, yeah. Yeah, next week, we have Jackie, and then the week after that is still in the air. So Jackie is actually a host family for us this summer. She's uh, She opened her home to one of our professional actors from uh, outside of the out, out of the area. So big thanks to Jackie, and I look forward to hearing her, uh, her, her podcast. That's awesome. All right, guys. Have a great week. See you.